I shouldn't have to remind you, this is a family place. That means you keep your fingers out of the water, your hair out of the soap, and the sh- and show the goddamn daughters a good time. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. My name is Zach Brooks, and I'm joined, as always, by... Uh, Brendan Fitzpatrick. And uh, we talk up the library a lot, or I at least talk up the library a lot on this podcast. love the library. So we had to bring an expert on, and uh, joining us, not only an expert on the library, but an expert on dirty dancing, maybe the foremost dirty dancing expert I've ever interacted with, Megan the Librarian. Shh. She's a librarian. Yes. (laughs) We're not going to stay quiet for this. Don't stay quiet. This is a musical movie. So I'm I'm here, I'm going to keep my shoulders down, my head up, my frame locked. (laughs) I'm gonna stay on my toes, and I'm ready to discuss one of the greatest movies ever made with you guys. Uh, I, um, I'm sure everybody agrees that this is the greatest sure movie of agrees. all time. Seems yeah, like seems like so. the reviews are in. I'm I'm so happy we have someone who's so enthusiastic about this movie on the podcast to defend this movie and defend the honor of one of the quintessential '80s summer movies that ever was made. And I'm really excited that you're here to talk about it. So, uh, so last week we talked about the way way back, and this week due to a uh, partially Megan claims that uh, that Dirty Dance is a way ba- is a uh, way way back remake. Partially, you know, vacation with your family where Andre. you have hidden interests. Uh, we will be discussing Dirty Dancing. Then at the end of this episode, we'll pick our next movie based on connections sent in from the listeners and ones that we brought as your hosts. So uh, we will be spoiling Dirty Dancing from 1987, right? 87? Yeah, 1987. Yeah, so you've had some time to watch it. Uh, Although I just watched it for the first time yesterday. So if you missed it, it. yeah, if you missed it, uh, you can fill that blind spot. It's on HBO Max in America. Where is it in Canada, Megan? I believe it is on Netflix, but I mean, I own it on Blu-ray. So yeah, there you go. Uh, So check Netflix if you're international. Check your local library if you want to get the Blu-ray as well. and uh, we'll be spoiling the movie, so if you want to jump ahead to when we start talking about our ladder for next week, uh, I'll put that timestamp in the description of this podcast. But I think Megan would tell you, you should probably pause this podcast and go watch Dirty Dancing. Actually, you should go watch it twice. Uh, some of us <laughs> may have. Uh, and uh, then uh, come back and listen to this discussion. And as always, follow us at Ladder Movie on Twitter and also on Letterboxd. The movie ladder at gmail.com is our email address to send in those connections and feedback on the movie we pick. Send Brendan a nice note electronically to that email address. I like nice notes. Yeah. Actually, we're the movie ladder on Letterboxd. I always screw that up, but Letterboxd were the movie ladder. Twitter were ladder movie. So. uh, Who came up with that IP? uh... I think that was Av, I believe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And that's why he's no longer on the That's why we fired him. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, uh, 67 episodes in it. I'm still screwing up the intro. So uh, 
Anyways, Megan, welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast. Glad to have you on your first time as a guest. Yes, I'm, I like I said, I'm very excited. Thank you for having me. Yes, it was great. We as soon as we picked Dirty Dancing because of your feedback, Brendan and I were like, we should ask Megan if she wants to be on. And um, I believe in the time, and I was like, yeah, but we should wait. We should give her a couple of days so we don't spoil that we picked Dirty Dancing this week. All right. And in the time that we were waiting, you messaged us and you were like, do you guys have a guest lined up for next week? I think it was actually that night, the night we posted the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so, I think it was the next morning because I usually listen well, in the morning. Day. Yeah. Okay. And then you replied and said, do you have ESP? Yeah, yeah, ESPN, yes. Uh, And actually one of our listeners as well, who I won't out, uh, also messaged me and said, you guys should think about asking Megan to be on the podcast. (laughs) You have fans. That's nice. I wonder who it is. (laughs) Uh, I don't think it's anybody you've ever actually interacted with. It's one of our listeners who liked your feedback. Uh, So Dirty Dancing, we're having you on because obviously this is one of your favorites. You did come up with some really good connections to way, way back. Um, Is this movie on your Mount Rushmore of like great movies that you love? Hmm. It would be definitely in my top 10, I think. Um, yes, I have a list on Letterboxd of my, I have one of my top 20 movies and then I have a list of my most watched movies. Mm-hmm. And I think Dirty Dancing is like fourth. Uh, most and, watched. Yeah, because I've now watched it. I've Well, I've, okay. I have no idea how many times I've seen Dirty Dancing. It, this, I was, I think I was eight when this movie came out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess my mother let me watch it. I don't really, I don't remember the first time I saw it. I don't remember ever not having seen Dirty Dancing. So it's, you know, it's like, it's in my, yes. So I'm sure I've seen it like probably at least 40 times, but um, since I've been tracking my viewing, I have logged it on Letterboxd um, 10 times. 10 times. Nice. How long have you been on Letterboxd for? Do you know? Um, so I have been, on Letterboxd, I was an early adopter on Letterboxd. My username on there is just Megan. So you can see. Oh, was, look at that. Wow. Yeah. That's like getting uh, like at Jack on Twitter. Wow. Yes. Yes. Um, but I have been actually tracking my movie watching since 2006. Although I, I didn't start recording dates, like exact dates until 2009. So my Letterboxd is not totally accurate because, you know, Letterboxd won't let you log a movie if you don't know the date. Right. right. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I do have a couple of like pre-2006 dates because I do like for instance I remember specifically that uh the local um, art house repertory theater here where I live in Ottawa showed on my 19th birthday a double feature of Dirty Dancing and Grease oh man um, Grease being my other childhood <laughs> comfort movie and I made all my friends go so I definitely nice. know that I saw Dirty Dancing on my 19th birthday um, I would say liking Grease and both both Grease and Dirty Dancing you kind of have a type I think. Uh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I find that often people prefer one or the other. Mm-hmm. Mm, um, interesting. Yes. We so, put that out as a, to our listeners and see what they prefer. Because Greece is more funny, right? Like Greece is pretty ridiculous and, and it's like a parody. Mm-hmm. Right. Whereas Dirty Dancing is, you know, very earnest. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so I do, I do find that, like, I remember my dad came that night though he didn't sit with me and my friends he sat with my sister and they were like mm-hmm. behind us but my dad was very sentimental and he loved dirty dancing he, he nice. thought it was way better than Greece. but the friend I was sitting next to I remember he hadn't actually seen either movie before and I could hear him laughing during Greece um <laughs> at some of the you know the crude jokes mm-hmm. and he was not so fond of dirty dancing so yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. interesting but I, I love both 
I, I, it was interesting, actually. So I looked up Greece, and not to jump way too far, but when I was watching Dirty Dancing, I looked up Greece because I was like, this is so similar to Greece. It really and is. Yeah, yeah. Greece came out like 10 years, like nine years before Dirty Dancing, mm-hmm. and is about, uh, what year was it? Like, the I think 1958, and this is 1963, yeah. I believe was the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Greece is based on a, uh, was based on a, on a musical from 71 as well. Yep. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I would have thought that they were closer in all of those categories than they actually are. You might say that, in my mind, Grease and Dirty Dancing go together like Rama Lama Lama. <laughs> yes, there we go. Yeah, perfect. Uh, <laughs> so I'm looking at your letterbox profile. Do you know what? Yeah. So Grease and Dirty Dancing are two of your top four favorite movies. Do you know what the other two are on there? Of my most watched? No, of your favorite. Of my favorite. Yeah. Um, probably Spider-Man 2. Yep. <laughs> and... Nice. Uh, is The Departed the other one? No. no. I'll give you a hint. You are making okay. the same, uh, right now, you are doing the same thing with your hand as the person on the cover of this movie. Boy. Uh, Wonder Boys? It oh, is yes. Wonder Boys, yes. Okay, so on my main profile. Yeah, I do love yeah. Wonder Boys, too. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, no, this is great. We could just do the whole podcast, me going through your letterbox yeah. profile. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> That would be fun. Surprise. <laughs> this is actually not a dirty dancing podcast. No, it's, letter, it's a secret letter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, very cool. Well, uh, yeah, we're very excited to have you on. Um, I can't believe you've seen this movie 40 times, but I Possibly. do feel like, uh, and Brendan, I'll be curious what you would say your version of this movie is. I think my version of this movie that I cannot remember having ever not seen it and I've watched it a million times is Back to the Future which mm-hmm. similar time, you know, a couple of years before Dirty Dancing, pretty similar movies. Uh, Brennan, do you know what yours would be? Uh, it's either going to be Raiders of the Lost Ark or Empire Strikes Back. I mean, those are the natural, like, I've seen them each a hundred times and I've seen, the, I love them and they're unimpeachable and, you know, I'll, I'll never not love them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I've probably watched both of those at least once a year my entire life, so... Yeah, so I mean, it's been you know 40, 40 times. Yeah, you know, I will say too, gro- um, kind of moving up on that list for me, I think is Jaws as well. Yeah, again, as I was watching Dirty Dancing, I was like, man, it's almost time to watch Jaws again for the yeah, year. Like such a summer. Jaws yeah. and Jurassic Park, great yeah. double Fourth feature. of July. I mean, yeah. we could do a whole thing talking about our most watched summer movies because like Jaws is up there, Days to Confused, Sandlot. Um, you know, movies that take place during the summer that I've seen a million times. It's mm-hmm. a whole different conversation. Yeah. So, uh, well, speaking of things that we've recently watched, or, or I guess recently will be watching, um, Megan, do you have a uh, something you watched this week that stands out that you want to talk about? I think, okay, so obviously Dirty Dancing was the best thing I watched this week, but other than that, um, I watched another movie from 1987 called um, 84 Charing Cross Road, which stars um, Anne Bancroft and Anthony Hopkins, uh, and Anne Bancroft plays a woman... Uh, she's like a writer who lives in New York. The movie starts in 1949 and she has this list of sort of like obscure British books that she wants to get and she can't find them in New York. So she writes, uh, she sees an ad in a magazine for a London antiquarian bookseller and she writes to them and asks them to get her the books. And basically it's the start of like a, you know, decade long correspondence. She becomes pen pals with the people at the bookshop. um, One of whom is Anthony Hopkins. And yeah, it's, it was just a really like, it's a, so it's about books and, you know, I, I, I do like books. Um, <laughs> I work with rare books and it, it's, you know, so I'm familiar with like antiquarian booksellers and um, yeah, it's just a really like, 
quiet, um, just kind of very lovely movie. I thought Anne Bancroft was really great in it. I also, I read on Letterboxd that um, she apparently loved the book that it was based on so much that her husband, Mel Brooks, bought her the rights for their anniversary, which I thought oh, was a awesome. really sweet story. Yeah. I didn't know she was married to uh, yeah. Mel Brooks. Yeah, and their their son, who I want to call Zach Brooks, but that's not right. No, uh, that's me. Max. Yeah, no, Max Brooks. He wrote uh, World he War Z. Wrote, uh, zombie one. Ma- yeah, World yeah. War Z. Yeah. yeah, so um, yes. So I really enjoyed that a lot. Um, yeah, and it's one of the, you know, Anthony Hopkins kind of, he does sometimes those very like reserved performances. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. one of those. Judy Dench plays his wife. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I really, so yeah, just if you're ever in the mood for something that's just very like soothing, mm-hmm. I would suggest that. Nice. Cool. Um, Brendan, how about you? Yeah, so I had a really interesting movie weekend. So I went on a journey through the great state of Texas and watched four different movies that all took place in the great state of Texas, starting with uh, a movie based uh, by Ethan Hawke based on the uh, biography of the late singer-songwriter, outlaw country musician Blaze Foley called Blaze. Um, The reviews on Letterboxd for this movie are all over the place. Some people absolutely hated it. Uh, producer of film spotting Sam Van Algren loved it. And so after I watched it and loved it, I made sure to send him a note say, <laughs> thanks for the recommendation. This was awesome. I'm so glad that I saw your review. Um, and then I watched The Old Man and the Gun, the Robert Redford movie from 2018. Really enjoyed that. That was really good. And then I went to Richard Linklater's Slacker which I had actually never seen. And then for my um, Criterion selection for this week, which was the 1970s, I went with the Peter Bogdanovich classic, The Last Picture Show, which I know, Zach, you're a little mixed on. Um, mm-hmm. I, well, 18-year-old me was mixed on it. I can't tell you how I would feel about it now. But fair enough. I, like I, when I was in high school. I think that it's very much a... You know how we talk about there are those movies that are nice to throw on on a Sunday afternoon and you don't have to think about them too much because there's not really that much going on. Mm-hmm. This was one of those. This was a dad movie. Like it was <laughs> it was very laid back. It was very casual. It was very slow in both plot and dialogue. And a lot of that is owed to both the black and white filmmaking style and the dialogue itself. Like, I mean, it takes place in a sleepy Texas town that is slowly dying in the 1950s and you sort of feel the pace and the slow dying of the town as the movie progresses and it's so it's sort of a drag but I also really enjoyed the journey that it took me on and Mm -hmm. I'm really glad that I watched it um, and was able to knock it off of my list. Uh, It has a young Jeff Bridges who is just fantastic and just leaps off the screen with charisma because he's such a charming dude um isn't there yeah, like I, a big bathhouse like all i remember really from this is like a, there's a big bathhouse scene in it or something there's like a big that. pool scene and it's basically a bunch of high school kids who are all about to graduate you can actually oh, yeah. feel the um the fingerprints of of uh what richard Linklater would take from this movie for his mm-hmm. own films that he shot in texas 
between uh, both Slacker and Days to Confused, mm-hmm. you really feel the blueprint for those movies on Last Picture Show. And yeah. I'm really glad I watched it. And I'm excited to see where I end up going next. Um, but yeah, I, I know that I'm going to take Slacker to more Linklater and go on my personal met- ladder movie journey to do what you did last year and watch all three of the befores oh so good. So that's the next step of my yeah. personal life megan have you um, seen the before trilogy yeah i just watched the last one like a couple of weeks ago oh yeah you uh, i remember seeing your review yeah yeah i i don't love them uh as much as as i know some people do but i i like them i i remember mm-hmm. i saw the first one like when it came out i think and i remember really enjoying it and then i did not like the second one and i thought oh, yeah. the third one was better i go back and forth on if i like the second one or the first one better uh okay. and the third one is for me it's, it's lower on the list but it's i think so... what i don't like about the third one is intentionally made like that because of mm-hmm. uh when it takes place in their lives but yeah it's mm-hmm. uh the it's other a yeah, the other two are so like, I, they're um, they're just, yeah, especially watching them in quarantine when you can't travel or go anywhere. It was like, right. oh my god, that's amazing. So, um, what was your Brennan? What was the best of the four? That you uh, of the four you movies, four. what was my favorite one? That I my favorite one was Blaze, and I think that I was really taken by that movie mostly for the music and just the setting around Austin. Like, I was like, oh, I've walked down that street when I was there for a bachelor party. Like, oh, I may have been in that bar. Like, you know, it was just, the setting was cool. The music was great. The performances were really outstanding. Um, And it was cool to see a biopic that didn't feel like it was structured, like a, like the Dewey Cox version of um, music biopics. Mm -hmm. Like, this wasn't structured like a typical music biopic. And so I really liked it for that. And I thought the um, I thought the performances were really great. So, cool. Yeah. Megan, do you say biopic or biopic? I should say biopic. Yeah. Okay. Some people say biopic. So. Yeah. Uh, I feel okay. like biopic is right. Yeah. Sure it's biopic. a bio picture. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It's a biographical picture. Although, I kind of like yeah. saying biopic ironically sometimes, funny. but yeah. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, for me, uh, I had, man, I had, I'm looking at my letterbox right now. I had a damn good week of movies. Uh, it's oh, hard man. to pick my favorite. Um, I will skip over both Skyfall and Spectre, but I'll say if you are interested in hearing my thoughts on both of those, which I liked, uh, check out for your ears only episode seven. Mac and I did to close out Daniel Craig. And uh, I have three and a half hours talking about those two movies. So I don't need to talk about those anymore. Um, so I think what I'm going to talk about, it's really tough. One is, very timely for kind of what's going on in current events right now and the other was just an awesome movie um i'm going to talk about queen and slim because i don't think very many people saw it and i think especially with the shooting in minnesota um this movie is not perfect it is not the best movie i saw but the opening and that it was made in 2019 um I mean, obviously there were police shootings of black people going on in 2019 but just this feels like a movie made after 2020 um and it it all starts from a traffic stop and this black couple that are out on a date gets stopped by a police officer and the movie spirals out of control from there um kind of at times feels like a remake of bonnie and clyde there's some definite definite allusions to the movie bonnie and clyde um and i think there's some great stuff with legacy in here and some really good themes and um yeah it was i was surprised because i didn't hear much about this and i actually saw some below two star reviews of this movie on letterbox oh, wow. but it was 
I had randomly placed a hold on it at the library like months ago and it just mm-hmm. happened to come in and they emailed me like this movie's in. I was like, all right, I guess I'm going to watch Queen and Slim today. Uh, and I'm really glad I did. Um, the director was her first movie and she had directed a bunch of music videos for Beyonce before she made this movie. And you can definitely see the music video influence. It, it feels like you're watching a music video at times, um, mm-hmm. similar to another movie we're going to be talking about soon, I feel like. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, the other movie I watched that I, I absolutely loved was Blood Simple. Maybe yeah. like it's up there, might be on my Mount Rushmore of Cullen movies. Like it was it's so intense and uh, it is less refined than their other movies, but it was such a well-made movie for, for, uh, especially uh, for Joel a first Cullen's feature, first yeah. movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Uh, Megan, have you seen either of those movies? No. No. All right. Um, Blood Simple. It, do you like the Collins? Are you a Collins fan? Um, I find them hit or miss. Yeah. That's how yeah. that's how I feel usually. Um, but when they hit, I feel like they hit really well. Yeah. And, well, that's true. That's yeah. true. And Blood Simple. Um, I don't know. I yeah. This, that movie. I watched that almost a week ago, and it's still like I'm still thinking about parts of it. So. Yeah. Um, Brennan had been bugging me to watch Blood Simple. It came up as potential movie that we were going to watch on this podcast after a couple uh i don't remember which ones it came up after came up after a few of our different crime movies for yeah sure. yeah it would have fit in well maybe someday we'll still get to it it'd be good to rewatch it talk about it so yeah for sure but yeah uh watch queen and slim i think that's i think that's a good one right now nice all right well with that so we have all uh we have a full spectrum of dirty dancing viewers on this we have megan who's seen it 40 times Brendan, who's seen it, how many times? I've probably seen it between it always being on HBO or my sister. I have a sister who is 14 months older than I am, Megan. Mm-hmm. And well, I thought so you said I've, 14 years before. 14, 14, 14 months, months or years. Months, okay. months, okay. sorry. 14 months <laughs> older than I am. And so she, you, she we're, we're what you call Irish twins because right, we're right. born within two years of each other. Um, So she would always want to watch this movie. Of and course. make me have to sit there and watch this movie because we had one TV with one VCR. And I probably saw this movie, you know, at least a dozen times when I was a kid. Not so many times as an adult. Um, I think this was probably the first time I've watched this movie in, I don't know, probably since I was a teenager. Um, but it was, it was interesting to revisit. Yeah. And me, who has not seen it before yesterday, I was familiar with some of the cultural elements of it, but mm-hmm. almost nothing else, really. I knew that you don't put baby in a corner, and I knew that there was the lift to I've had the time of my life. Yep. That was all I really knew about this movie. Um, I watched it for the first time last night, and then I watched it again today before we started recording, uh, kind of scrubbed through it, because there were just some things that I was a little confused about and mm-hmm. figured, you know, sometimes it's good to, to rewatch these before I talk about them. That's uh, a lot of plot in this movie. There's like a there, lot, a lot. There of is, and there's a lot set up in the beginning. And yeah. I, that's where I like felt like there was a one point where, and I realized how wrong this was, but I was like, is Johnny like this awful dude who just sleeps with women? And like, and like, no, I just like totally did not pick up on that. Like what was going on with, uh, with Robbie. Okay. Oh yeah. So, Robbie. Mm-hmm. I figured yeah. it out on the first watch, like, but way later than I was supposed to. So like right. I wrote my notes, I'm like, wait, why is Johnny such a scumbag, and why do people love him? Then I was like, oh wait, he's not a scumbag. Never mind. No. Robin. Well, he does have that scene where he admits to like sleeping with women every summer, but yeah, not in the scumbag. way Robbie does. But not in the not in the scum way that uh, way Robbie does. Yeah. So, and I will say, having now seen it twice, um, I am a fan. I thought this movie. Well, I really really like this. Um, 
way more than I was expecting. I did not think I was going to like this movie that much. Um, it's just super fun. And it's different than anything I've really seen, even though I feel like probably a lot of movies have borrowed from it. Mm-hmm. Outside of Greece, yeah. there's nothing else that this really reminded me of like super closely. Um, and I love that it's set in the 60s. I figured this movie was going to be set in the 80s. I was completely mm-hmm. thrown for a loop when it starts. And she's like, 1963. And I said, yeah, especially like, because there's wait, 80s music in it. Yeah, there's, there's 80s music in it. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm I'm very excited I'm to talk about this because yeah, this yeah. this was uh, a very pleasant surprise and it's nice when that happens. Yeah, it's the power so. of dirty dancing. It is it's the power of yeah. dirty dancing. Um, and I talked about I think my thesis statement coming out of my second watch for this is this movie is like uh, one part uh, summer camp movie, mm-hmm. one part Absolutely. sports movie, Absolutely. and one part music video. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like, I think this is like a collection <laughs> yeah. of music videos. Like, as I was watching yeah. this, like, it's a musical. Yeah. yeah. It's basically a but musical. But it's a musical. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Musical. Well, um, that's, yeah. And I, I watched, so yes, I decided to um, watch the uh, the commentary, the movie, the movie with the commentary by Eleanor Bergstein, who was the screenwriter on, just because I'd never watched it before. And I thought, you guys have, you know, I watched Dirty Dancing a lot, but you guys have really given me a great excuse to spend a lot of time, like, really thinking about Dirty Dancing, mm. so I appreciate that, but she talks in her commentary about how, um, basically, when she was handing the script around to studios to try and get it made, she would include a mixtape, like, she, mm-hmm. and she uses the word rhythmed, that she rhythmed the dialogue to go with these specific songs, so yeah. a lot of the time, like, the movie I think there were a couple of ones that she that they couldn't get the rights to, but mm-hmm. a lot of these were the songs that were, you know, in her mind when she was writing the movie. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I, I can I know. definitely see that actually because when I watched it mm-hmm. the second time, I watched it with captions on, and there were m- multiple scenes where it was like caption and musical notes, which was the lyrics to the song, mm-hmm. then oh. caption and the dialogue. Caption yeah. and like it would be like song lyrics talking, song lyrics talking. Um, and yeah, so the, I can definitely see that that be the case. The main thing I found out in my research, um, there, there are a couple of big things, but I believe, um, so they initially wanted Peter Gabriel to record a song for this, and they weren't able to get Peter Gabriel at the last minute and get to use one of his songs. And so that's why they have the Patrick Swayze song mm. sing She's Like the Wind during that scene, because it was initially supposed to be a Peter Gabriel song during that scene and they couldn't get they like I guess they ran out of budget or something yeah but well yeah. and Swayze he had written that song for another movie like Grandview USA I think mm-hmm. um but then he brought it to them and they decided to use it oh that's yeah. interesting about which song was that. she's like the wind which scene was that that's the one where they're at the car and he's leaving town and she's saying goodbye and yeah oh okay yeah she's like a violin oh yeah, I, I, yeah. That, that was one of my lesser yeah. favorite scenes in this movie yeah um the the songs though are really what carry you through the pace of this movie mm-hmm. i feel like um this is one of the great 80s soundtracks like oh, i mean yeah. you're starting with frankie valley and the four seasons and you're ending with time of your life and i mean it it's non-stop like banger after banger um mm-hmm. really really just really well placed songs like the log dance is the one I always remember. I know, um, me too. <laughs> yeah, the, when they're, it's the hey, hey, baby. Hey, baby. Be yeah. Like, yeah, that was yeah. good. That That's the one I always remember the most. But that one, and that one's really good. I like that one. Um, that's great. I oh, always think of uh, Love Man okay. when they're, when they, when the first, baby and Johnny first dance together. I don't know yeah. that. <laughs> 
that is that when they're in the club or like the... at the beginning when yeah, yeah when she goes into the staff party and mm-hmm. and she's never danced before and he kind of yeah. beckons to her you know mm-hmm. um <laughs> And that's interesting. We all have a different uh, favorite dancing because I love the Hungry Eyes montage. Hungry um, Eyes is great. Yeah. 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 Like that's where I was like, oh, this is a sports movie. Like they're training and um, training area. Yeah. yeah. That's a fan. It is one of the best training montages ever, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. yeah. And that that song is obviously an original song for the movie. And it's the same songwriters who did I've Had the Time of My Life. Right. Okay. Now, was that, was I've Had the Time of My Life a song before this movie came out? Or was that an no, original that song was, for this? Yeah, it was rich, and it, they won the Oscar for best original song that year. Yeah, it's eighties. It's yeah. that's what that's why we're saying it like jumps decades because that's yeah. more of an eighties <laughs> pop song than it is a sixties or fifties ballad. Which is what I thought. That's why, like, that was all I knew about this movie. So that when it was taking place in the sixties, I was like, wait, but I thought that song is like in the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like so, there, there's just so many good basically music video scenes um, for sure. Wipeout. And, you know, I think, yep. I think it's, <laughs> it's very quotable as well. Oh, um, totally. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I, I've been I saying, carried a watermelon. Yeah, yeah. I carried a watermelon. Yeah. I've been saying it all week. Yeah. Carried a watermelon. Um, there's, so I wrote down some great lines. I just, I love, so and I, I think there's some, some of the, my, the actors playing the minor characters mm-hmm. are really making the most of their parts. I think like the guy who plays Neil, yeah. the, uh, the grandson of Max, is like so cheesy. But he oh, yeah. really, he's so good. He's so funny. And there's that, there's that part where they see um, Robbie and Lisa coming out of the forest. And he's like, sometimes in this world, you see things you don't want to see. And it's <laughs> like, just like, on, man. what movie are you in? I love that guy. He's so ridiculous. <laughs> he's so good. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. felt like with Neil, um, like obviously Robbie is the villain here. Yeah, um, I think so that was just to, sorry to cut in but like one thing that I obviously never picked up on when I was a kid mm-hmm. was when he tries to give her the copy of the fountainhead. Yes. And now now in the you know when I watch it as an adult I'm like oh so we're really supposed to hate this guy yeah. like mm-hmm. he's a real jerk. Yeah exactly. <laughs> I picked up on that on the second time where he gave her the fountainhead and I was like I was like, oh, interesting. He's like, what, what is it? Some people count, some people don't, I think is the quote he says when he yep. gets it to her. Yep. I was like, oh, man. Uh, yeah. I mean, this movie really went to town with the whole classism. And I think mm-hmm. something I picked up for the first time in this watch is something I never noticed before, which is it straight up tells you that it's going to be an allegory for civil rights in the 60s. Because, like, the first di- line of dialogue Jerry Orbach has is about the riots in Montgomery and how people are getting sprayed with fire hoses. And it's like, wait a second, are we, are we like paralleling this movie, mapping this movie onto the civil rights movement of the sixties? And the answer is yes, yes, we are. And I never like thought about it that deeply. Like I knew it was about class, but I never Mm -hmm. thought about it being Mm -hmm. a metaphor for the civil rights struggle. And it really is actually (laughs) like, it's, it's really interesting to think about it through that. Yeah. That would be interesting to, to yes. look at it under that lens um it was like mostly white characters in this movie right. um yeah. like white i don't think there's any but well the um i don't even know what his name is the tap dancing guy mm-hmm. who was, uh, i loved tito? his tap dancing it was great yes right uh, what was his name tito i think tito okay yeah, yeah. um but i think he's the only non-white well, character with a yeah speaking and line. two of yes with the speaking line because two there is a there is a black couple in the, yes. the dirty dancers but yeah, yeah. they're just 
on camera sometimes. Yeah. I was wondering when we saw the couples and they were like, then they had the like secret club where they were all dancing. I did wonder if we would mm-hmm. see like an interracial couple or like a, like a male, male couple or a female, female couple, but um, I didn't notice. Not quite that there. You, you do get the female female dancers at the end with the two old ladies. Yeah. <laughs> oh, true. That does happen. Yeah, yeah. That, it, that happens yeah, yeah. in the gazebo, I think, as well. Doesn't yeah. Baby uh, dance with some like old woman yes. in the gazebo? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Schumacher. Yeah. Is this um, with, oh, yeah, because yeah, the Schumachers yeah. are all over this movie when you're okay. not looking for them. Yes. Can yeah. you explain the Schumachers? Because, okay, so I didn't pick up that the Schumachers, they were the ones who stole a wallet. I got that. Yeah. But then I was like, were they the same couple that was saw them at the Sheldrake as Correct. well? Correct. Yes. And they were also the old couple from Home Alone. They were? Just kidding. It's not the same. Okay. No, it's not the same actors. But, but that's what it reminded me of. I was like, these could be like the same couple, the same old couple from the airport scene in Home Alone. And that's why yeah. they have so many, yeah. like, that's why she has so much jewelry. Exactly. Yeah. Because she's like stolen it all. all that's, yeah. yeah. Oh, I like yeah. that fan Like that's, that's, what, that's what I did in my head. Is like, yeah. they're the same characters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, so going back to the quotes, though, so I, I I did the like I should have to remind you this is a family place quote to open. Yes. Megan, what quote would you have picked to open this podcast? Um, I well, I thought you were probably going to say something about having a time of our lives or something. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. I was trying to like think what how I would introduce myself, and I ended up going with babies. You know, thing about keeping your there's a spaghetti arms. This is we'll stay. Yes. In, I'm staying in my dance space. You stay in yours. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um. I don't, I don't know. There's a step lot of on, like. Step on the two is a good one. Yeah. Step on the two. Step on the two. Yeah. yeah. I liked two. your overreacting or overcorrecting, Marge. Yeah. That one yeah. made me laugh. <laughs> but uh, that, yes, yeah, the mother, I think, too. She's another one. She who, gets it from me. <laughs> like, I love that one. Yeah. And all, the other it's, one. That, sit down, Jack. <laughs> yes. She's so yeah. good. She's, she's really so good. good. She's and uh, when she, yeah. when they're, when baby comes to the golf course, she's just, baby, stand mm. up straight. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, it's so. She's so classic. The the shot at the golf course was a gorgeous shot, actually. Yeah, I yeah, really love the way scenery. that was filmed. That reminded me of like something out of Lost, the way you just can see like the trees and the right. like the ravine going back. Um, so they shot this at a real resort in the Catskills, from everything I was able to find from my research. The resort was sort of run down and being renovated several years ago. And they let the iconic steps that are in the rocks go to rot and apparently mm. a bunch of dirty dancing dads got together and like raised money to get like the steps repaired mm-hmm. at I think the they, resort they filmed i think in north carolina yeah. and virginia not uh, they couldn't actually find a place, oh, suitable not in place. Okay. yeah they couldn't yeah. find a suitable place but okay um yeah and it, no they could yeah but the, so it I mean, is the, i mean it's based on a real place okay. right it's in the blue ridge um, mountains i guess in north carolina yeah okay that makes sense um, and it sounds like they had like extremely hot weather and then they mm-hmm. had extremely cold weather. So yeah. they were, and they, you know, they, it was a very low budget. They only had like $5 mm-hmm. million dollars, uh, and they were kind of, they filmed Patrick, in like, yeah. 43 that, days or something. Yeah. And I know Patrick Swayze had to do most of his dance stunts himself while yeah. also injured a lot yeah, of well, time. Like he, he had a notoriously bad back. Like, and it, yeah a knee thing I think and that so they they talked about that in the commentary that when he jumps off the mm-hmm. stage at the end mm-hmm. he said like I can only do one take of this you have to get it yeah um and he did so mm-hmm. nice <laughs> um when he uh, going back to when he jumps off the stage so that I feel like in a lot of movies would be the end of the movie like he jumps off right. the stage and the screen freezes and then we go to credits right, right and right. that there were a couple times that like because I did know the end of this movie, like I knew that there was mm-hmm. going to be the lift 
And I knew that he was going to have to say, nobody puts baby in the corner. So when, uh, when he drive when Johnny drives away, Again, I was like, it, it almost looked like the camera was going to fade out. Like it, right. the camera is like held on that shot for a long time. And I kept waiting for it to just fade out. And I was like, is it going to go to credits? Like this can't be the end of the movie. There's stuff I know I'm waiting for. Mm-hmm. And then same thing when he jumps off the stage at first, I think in a lot of movies, I would think, okay, we, that's when we go to that, that great closing credit song, which I love. Um, mm-hmm. But no, we had to get the, we had to have the lift and then, you know, the um, Johnny getting forgiven by, by baby's dad. Uh, yeah. So baby's daddy the one just, thing i don't understand about the end part where they're dancing down the aisle and they're they're heading to the exit and then like baby's dad comes and stops them and says you know when i'm wrong i say i'm wrong and i was wrong on this one and i guess they turn around and go back in but they were totally gonna leave but we don't they like just, see them turn around so it's yeah. like yeah, they decide to stay i guess they're like there's oh. a weird cut there yeah it, it sort of reminds me of a wedding like mm-hmm. the way that they're walking mm-hmm. out and there's people all around them. They're going down the aisle. Like it definitely, right. it probably intentionally is supposed to feel like a wedding. Right. Um, speaking of weddings, uh, Megan, what happens to baby and Johnny after this movie's over? <laughs> you know, okay. I, I remember once when I was a teenager, I asked my mom, do you think baby and Johnny stayed together after the movie? And she said, no, they never saw each other again. And I was like, why would you say that like uh, <laughs> you know it was that yep. like oh. yeah but I'm sure they didn't stay together I mean maybe they I was reading about okay uh can I spoil a tv series the wonder years absolutely yes I was reading I forget why but I was reading about the series finale of the wonder years mm-hmm. and was saying how uh Winnie and Kevin keep writing to each other for like she goes to study in Europe and you know yep. he stays in the U.S. and they write to each other and then when Winnie comes home Kevin meets her at the airport with his wife and son yeah. And I was like, I was thinking about that while I was watching Dirty Dancing. I yeah. thought maybe, it's... you know, I'd like to think they kept in touch. But she's, yeah, but yeah, she has her whole life to live and lead after this. It's the summer loving thing that we talked about, which is why we paralleled it with Greece at the beginning of the podcast. Like, mm. they are yeah. literally the summer loving of Greece. But they do, like, make each other better so, like, in different ways. Like, it's sure. great development of, like, you know, Johnny feels like he's not good enough and, um, you know, he's just going to be like a painter and, or, you know, not <laughs> just a painter, but he wants to be more than a painter. Right. Um, you know, wants to be a doctor or something right. like that. I think and, they're going to take what they learned from each other and go out into the world. And, mm-hmm. you know, our baby's going to change the world is another quote that gets said several times. Yeah. You know, and I think that's true. I think she does exactly what Winnie does in the Wonder Years, which is she goes and she travels Europe and she changes the world. She go to Europe. Peace Corps. Yeah. She probably said she was going to. Yeah. One one thing I was thinking about while watching it this time, and I don't know if I've ever like thought about it in these exact terms before, is that you know what Johnny really falls for in baby is her. She's so idealistic Mm -hmm. and she's like so pure. Mm -hmm. And he is so cynical because he's been sort of beaten down by life. And then when she she's sort of consistently disappointed by people throughout this movie, right? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, need uh Robbie, of course, and <laughs> she's disappointed by her dad. And then when she tries to get, you know, she gives Johnny an alibi and he gets fired anyway, she's sort of broken by that. And mm-hmm. she, and you can see it's really upsetting to him to see that happen to her. And there's an interview with Patrick Swayze on the DVD where he says that uh, he, he heard a lot of people say the movie was about a loss of innocence, but he always felt it was about rediscovering innocence. Mm-hmm. And of course, he's seeing it from Johnny's point of view, right? Right. Of baby has kind yeah. of helped him 
become less cynical. And mm -hmm. I think like the ending, when you think about that, when he comes back and he's basically like doing what she said, when she says, yeah. you know, why don't you tell Neil your ideas? He's just a person, stand up to him mm -hmm. or whatever. So when Believe he comes yourself. back, yeah. yeah, he's kind of doing this grand gesture to show her like, look, it doesn't all suck. There's mm -hmm. still good stuff in the world. I think it's, exactly. I, I would say this is the best movie ending of all time. Oh wow! Uh, I don't. I'd have to think on what would be a better. I mean, I'm I'm still gonna throw Casablanca up at you and oh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, but sure. Um, yeah, I don't. I actually don't remember the ending of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, I haven't watched uh, it in a while. Uh, I mean, it's, a good, it's a good ending. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the best. Totally movie, I, I need. I need more time to think on best movie endings. Um, well. Thank I will you. say, like, when we're talking about them, if they stay together, um, and I don't want to say too much, but we've talked about another movie mm -hmm. earlier on this podcast that that discussion kind of reminds me of, but I, so I, um, that's all oh, I want to say. Yeah. If you know, you know, uh, and if you don't know, you don't know. Um, and if you're not sure, re-listen to the first, uh, what, half hour of this podcast, and you'll, you'll pick <laughs> up on what movie I'm discussing. Um, but, yeah, they kind of meet in the middle. Johnny and, Johnny and Baby really meet, like, baby learns more she Literally. loses her innocence um in many ways she loses her innocence but mm -hmm. she grows up and on right. the summer and this is what you know she's telling the beginning of the movie she's telling us she's looking back on 1963 she's saying 1963 yes. before the beatles before you know vietnam yep. before all the stuff that happens in the late 60s which yep. we've discussed the late 60s a lot on this podcast with what's popped mm -hmm. up in hollywood yeah. and shampoo apocalypse yeah. now um yeah so the 60s has been a we've come back to the 60s a lot and it's always it's the know. last summer of innocence. You could yeah, say I don't that. even know if we've yeah. ever done a movie from the 60s, but we've always done movies that take place in the 60s. Right. Um, I mean, so, we did, we did um, uh, Gridscape. Oh, Gridscape. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was, it was interesting. And, you know, again, she's telling this story probably from the 80s, right? She's probably telling this mm -hmm. from 1987, probably telling this from 25 years later. Right. Uh, and if only she could just tell us, yes. <laughs> did her, did she, is she still with right, Johnny? Right. What happened? Here, Maybe but... that's in the TV show they made in 1988, uh, which oh. I don't think anybody watched. I did. Did you? Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah tell I me did. About, tell me about I the barely remember it. Gonna, okay. Remember I just remember it. that it existed and I okay. watched it. Um, and I think they changed it, right? Because Baby is, in that is like Max Kellerman's daughter or something. Oh, weird. And it, okay. she's played by Jan from The Office, which oh, is something I did not wild. remember. Um, yeah, but no, I definitely remember that show. And then, of course, there was the, you know, uh, I guess technically it's a prequel, Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, right. which I do not recommend. Right. Yeah, so I didn't realize it was a prequel. I thought it was, I yeah. assumed it was a sequel. Yeah. No. Swayze actually, I believe, has a cameo. He that, does, and but, that's uh, the only yeah. good part. Yeah. Mm. I remember going to see that movie on, I think it might've been opening night, certainly the opening weekend. It was a packed theater. Oh, we were all pretty excited about it. And it was very disappointing. But uh, I do remember that when Patrick Swayze showed up, some guy in the crowd yelled, Swayze! And that was, that was <laughs> sort of the best part. Best part of the night. Nice. Yeah. Well, he was a much better dancer than anyone else in the movie. Absolutely. I mean, There's nobody yeah. in that movie who can dance. Now, okay. although it's interesting, John Slattery plays the dad of the sort of baby equivalent in Havana Nights and oh, that's uh, funny. First, yeah, and Mad Men, of course, you know, right. Another great um, 60s. 60s, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I do get kind love of John Slattery. Um, I love him too. <laughs> the staff party at the beginning, I did get kind of a Havana feel, like a like a Havana <laughs> club, like especially the way they're dancing. I mean, I I guess I don't know enough about mm -hmm. kind of culture in the 1960s, but I didn't know people at all danced like that in the 1960s. Well, um, Johnny talks about how it's a Cuban influenced style oh, that okay. they're working mm -hmm. on. So yeah. They're doing all these different versions of the mambo and the samba, and the, mm -hmm. you know. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Can't even do the Pachanka. Yeah. <laughs> what is the Pachanka? I have no idea. I, know, I wish they would have, do when they're talking about these different <laughs> dances, I wish they would have had like a demo so we right, could have right. known. Um, all right. Uh, where else should we go on here? Um, two, should we talk two, about the Good. Yeah, well, I was going to say two funny character note names. So yes. uh, there are two characters. One is Max Kellerman. And if you're like an ESPN fan, yes. you'll know he used to be the, the Max Kellerman used to be the name of the host of Pardon the Interruption and some of those daytime ESPN mm-hmm. shows. And uh, Robbie, his last name is Gould. So Robbie Gould is <laughs> a place kicker in the NFL or was really? for, from, like, the Chicago for the Bears. Chicago Bears. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Maybe he ever, grew up to be a football player. Yeah. If you've ever had a, if you've ever had a fantasy football team, you would recognize the name Robbie Gould. Um, I don't see this Robbie being a football player. No, no I'm assuming. Well, it's 1963. I was going to say he was working on the Reagan campaign, which I guess he probably oh, still could. Probably. But, yeah. <laughs> probably. Yeah. Yeah. This guy. Yeah. Maybe he's if working he for the Reagan. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Did Robbie still get into Yale Medical School, or do we not give well, a shit? Probably. Oh, pro- I mean, he probably did. Probably yeah. Did, yeah. Comes from money. What, we what, like so Robbie was. Is Robbie related to Max Kellerman at all, or is he just another no. guy who works there? No, it's just, just uh, his um, mentor, 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 mentee. His favorite waiter, basically, yeah. Okay. And then uh, Johnny's cousin was not Neil. That was Billy. Was Johnny's yes, cousin? Yes, Billy. Yeah. Okay. So many characters. Who also carried a watermelon. Yeah. Okay. He carried two. The, two, the two watermelons. Two watermelons. Yeah. yeah. Um, is there I like Billy, to... and I wish he had been given more to do. Um, is there a significance yeah, to fun, him yeah. carrying two and baby carrying one? I don't think one? so. No. It's just... <laughs> Just that he, you know, maybe it's he's a guy. Him. He's got more, <laughs> yeah. you know, muscles. I think that's all it was. And she's yeah, a little. I, I don't know how tall Jennifer tiny, Gray is, but yeah. she looks pretty small. I think she's pretty tiny. Yeah. 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 Um, I will. I will give it to Jennifer Gray as well. So she's fantastic. Yeah. In she is great in this. I think I really only know her from as the sister in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Right. Hundred percent. Yeah. She's so hateable in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I know. Off that yeah. I was like, wow, it's amazing. Like, I really, really liked her in this. And yeah. uh, what a turnaround from the other movie that I know her from. Yeah, it's really yeah. great. Uh, I, think, I think it's a fantastic performance. She and Patrick Swayze were both nominated for Golden Globes uh, okay. that year. Neither of them won. She and she lost to Cher, who ended up winning the Oscar. So For, for Moonstruck. Moonstruck, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, I, I love her in this. Did her and Patrick yeah. Swayze have anything going on between them? Because they definitely seemed like they had like real life chemistry. Well, they actually did not get along. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but they they certainly have fantastic chemistry. There's a story, uh, yeah, on in the commentary and in various like trivia things that says they their relationship kind of deteriorated over the course of the filming. Mm-hmm. But the so the um, director and screenwriter showed them their first screen test together on video to remind them like actually like look how good you guys are together um and that kind of made them more able to work together when they saw that they were like oh right this is why we got the job but right and that that screen test is actually a bonus feature on the dvd Mm. and it's it's interesting because it's basically they're dancing but patrick swayze is like picking her up and kind of tossing her around (laughs) and they're talking about the lift at one point and he says like now your fear is going to be that you go over and she's like yes it is (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he says something about how he has great control in his wrists or something but i thought i that was really interesting to watch um but yeah (laughs) yeah i do love the evolution of the of the lift i mean obviously i knew it was like the climactic moment or i assumed it was a climactic moment but that 
they can't do it. They can do it in the water. And then, you know, they try at the shell drink, which I think is after the water, correct? Yeah, it is. Um, yes. Yeah. And she kind of botches it and then does like she a weird, out, yeah. like a weird, like a, yeah, that. Just <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. The handshake. Yeah. Hand jive. She hand jives. Yeah. And yeah. that's that when you, if you watch, so as you know, I've seen this movie multiple times. So I've had yeah. time to look at different things on the screen. And uh, when you look at his face, when she does the thumb mm-hmm. thing and he's laughing. And yeah. that, and the screenwriter in her commentary said, "This is the moment where he kind of falls in love with her, mm. because it's interesting because during the whole training thing, like you can see, he's pretty frustrated with her. Yeah. But then they have that sort of breakthrough when they go in the water, and they're yeah. more friendly after that. Yeah. The the water scene feels like that was the the real. That was at least the moment where he's in lust with her, maybe yeah. more than in love with her. So. I, and I I gotta say, like I remember that when my sister and I would go swimming, sometimes we would try and practice lifts in the water. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think a lot of people did that. I don't. <laughs> yeah, you know, with my siblings, it was mostly wrestling moves, not okay. necessarily dancing lifts. <laughs> yeah. So are you going to suggest uh, what is that? Is it against all odds? Is that the wrestling movie? The pro wrestling movie? <laughs> Let's not. Um, yeah, I wonder how many people have been injured trying that lift move at weddings. I feel like every wedding I go to, somebody tries to do the lift and they're always <laughs> drunk. It does not work. Um, yeah. There should uh, be a warning on the DVD. I know there really should be. Don't try this at home. Yeah. Right. Uh, so how long would this movie take place over? Is it just three weeks? I think so. I was that. I will say that's one thing that I'm not totally sure. The timeline is a little confusing to me, but that when they arrive, Max does say something about three weeks here will feel like a year, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which is something we can all relate to with COVID now that, right. that sure. t- time has no meaning anymore. But um, yeah, so I think it's supposed to be three weeks. Yeah. And right. then the show that the show at the Sheldrake is like right before the end of their time there. Right. Um, because then Jake, uh, Dr. Hausman says they're going to leave a couple of days early mm-hmm. yes. after the um, where he goes to treat Penny. Yeah. And I do yeah. feel like it, it is hard to track how long you know, it's just hard to track time in this movie. But yeah. I do wonder if that goes back to that line of three weeks will feel like a year because it is like, you know, I remember going to camp for two weeks as a kid. And at times it felt like I was there for a year. And at times it felt like I was there for a night. And mm-hmm. this, I mean, especially like where the staff lives, like they live in cabins. Like it, that's why it really does feel like a camp. Yeah. Um, right. And I guess that goes to what you were saying, Brennan, about class, right? Where the yeah. The staff who works there, they dance in this underground club. And they all have to stay in the- And they live in these like terrible- Ramshackle cabins. Yeah, cabins. Meanwhile, the guests are staying in the resort and they're golfing and they're doing like very formal dancing, traditional dancing. There's, uh, yeah, there's definitely some connections we can make to films later on in the podcast based Mm -hmm. on, uh, based on, based on the way class is used in this film for Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that that goes to one of the driving plot points in this movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is Penny's pregnancy. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, and that was, I was not, I mean, I was surprised to see a movie from 1987 dealing with that. I was surprised to see a movie taking place in 1963 dealing with that plot line. Yeah. Um, and it's really dark for a movie that's supposed to be for 12 year old girls. Like, is this, this movie supposed to be for 12 year old girls? Yeah. This movie oh, is like, for like teenagers, like mm, preteens, at least I think. I mean, I mean, I mean Jennifer, baby... Jennifer Gray is basically naked in the water. That's so. true. Yeah. <laughs> but baby is 17. So I think we can right. assume that, you know, teen girls, and it's nice for teen girls to have a protagonist like baby to relate for to. For sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, because she's that, you know, 
I, I said before that she's so idealistic and pure, but she's also really like true to herself, I think. Um, and it's, this isn't one of those makeover movies, you know? Right. If she changes, it's because she's evolving. It's not right. because somebody's, somebody's forcing her. Movie. Yeah. Sure. Um, and, so I but she, really... I mean, she does when she's at the Sheldrake. She looked like I yes. at first didn't realize that was even her. She's so like funny in that scene. Person. Yeah. <laughs> um, because she's basically taking Penny's place when so she's trying to yeah. be Penny. Right. So well, I mean, and she doesn't want to be yeah. recognized, right? That's Which, also yeah. a lie. Yes. Yeah. So, like, that's why she looks. And, like, when they're in the car, she's taking the wig off. And right. I guess, did she get the wig from the weird wig scene earlier in the movie? Okay. I think it's just that she sort of straightened her hair and pulled it back. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's that, I didn't understand yeah, the, the, wig, <laughs> the wig activity. Yeah. What are they doing there? They're just trying they're, on wigs for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Trying on wigs for fun. I, I can't yeah. say that I've ever done that, Fashion. but yeah. I can see that it could be fun. I guess. Yeah. yeah, I think we this is a... why the resort had to evolve as well. Just like the characters <laughs> in the resort couldn't stick yeah. with their original uh, the original things. Um, and uh, so Pen- Penny is pregnant and we get, you know, Johnny is taking care of her. And, you know, they do talk about how they were in love once upon a time, mm-hmm. the partners, mm-hmm. you know, you get a lot of that depth. And again, these things are, it's like, you know, some of those, some of the dialogue is a little expositiony, but like, it's, it's not, you don't get a ton of it. So you really have to pay attention to what is being said. And that's why the mm-hmm. captions actually helped the second time. Cause there were a lot I didn't pick up on the first time. Right. Um, and, you know, just the relationship between Johnny and Penny, like he's really her protector. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that Penny got pregnant because of, of Robbie, who's our, our villain who doesn't really yeah. care. I hate Robbie. Yeah. Jerk. Um, they pour Penny a drink though. Well, it was the sixties. Yeah. yeah, I mean, nobody worries, Batman, right? nobody worries about that in the 60s. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. It's definitely the 60s. It stood out to me. <laughs> well, and also, I think there's absolutely no chance of her uh, keeping the, the baby, right? So, right. So, I mean, you know, it would even if, even if they did know. I mean, but did they, they didn't know if she was going to, I mean, they were trying to figure out how well, she could Well, they were already abortion, planning but... on whether or not she could and right. trying to figure out how she could get there and all that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just assumed that she's going to get an abortion. Like, I don't think there's ever any thought of doing anything else, but it's Mm -hmm. just the logistics. Um, Do you feel like the abortion plot in this is used effectively and kind of done, handled well? I think so. I think it's one of the better um, handlings. It's different because a lot of times, I think particularly on TV, if there's a story about a woman who is unexpectedly pregnant, Mm-hmm. Uh, she might consider having an abortion but it's all like oh I don't know you know and this this I think is like it's it's realistic about Penny's life and her situation that it just is not it makes no sense for her to have baby mm-hmm. and the father obviously is not interested mm-hmm. and uh it's just yeah so I think and it's very everyone is very um like I really like the way baby's father is mm-hmm. with her because he you know, there, there's no judgment towards Penny for doing this, I think, mm. um, from anybody. And, you know, her dad, he, he, he judges Johnny. He totally shames Johnny. Right. Um, because I think it's like, you know, what kind of man would put a girl in this situation and then right. just sort of abandon her? Right. Well, because he's so wrong on so many levels, right? He thinks yeah. that his daughter is, you know, being pursued by this. The next victim. kind of, yeah, yeah, by this, by yeah. this uh, predator. Um and again, it goes, you know, that classism, again, it goes to, yeah. you know, yeah. he assumes that Johnny, because Johnny is, you know, what, what's Johnny ever going to be in his life? He's not going to Yale. He's not going to be a doctor. So this must be what Johnny does. And to be fair, kind of the opposite is done to Johnny, right? Johnny is treated as like a gigolo yeah, right. to all the guests in the, in the hotel. 
Exactly. Like yeah. They he's, say he's treated like he, a man whore, basically. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. they say dance, like give my wife dance lessons, but they right. don't mean dance. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think like the power structure is really interesting because it's made clear to us at the beginning that baby could have them all fired if that's what she wanted exactly. to do. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. And she won't because she's baby, but you know, she could. And it like I think, you know, we've been taught, I think with COVID, we're talking a lot about like precarious employment and the problems mm-hmm. of that. And I think this is a really it's actually kind of timely in that way because the dance staff, you know, Robbie is basically like the gig workers. Yeah. Yeah. But Robbie's like a rich guy who can afford to take an unpaid internship kind of, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. whereas they, uh, not baby, uh, Penny John. and Johnny, they're really screwed if they um, lose this job. Mm-hmm. For sure. So, yeah, yeah. that's a great point. That's um, a really great point. Yeah. And I had somewhere else I was going to go with that. And, oh, the, you talked about Penny talking about um jake is that his name dr houseman yes yeah um i really love that scene where she's talking to baby and she's like your father is such a great man yeah Yeah. and it does remind me so much of like i think you see this at times in real life and in movies and tv where somebody just doesn't appreciate how great somebody they have in their life is uh they Mm -hmm. just take them for granted right and i mean jake is definitely a flawed in this but baby is so upset with him she can't even like she to her it's like he's not a great man look at what he's done to johnny and me and can't appreciate like the way that it actually comes from a place of caring for exactly yeah Yeah. like jake is actually a really great dad i think like i mean he goes out of his way without question to do things to help and i mean the judgment afterwards is not great but at the same time that also comes from a protective place and And you know yeah. yeah, it's totally understandable because like mm. we, we're all talking about how much we hate Robbie and right. Jake basically thinks Johnny is Robbie. So exactly. Um, but yeah, I think he is a great and dad. If he, if he only knew that Robbie was doing that with his other daughter, Lisa, oh my God, he would have freaking <laughs> killed him probably. Like, yeah. yeah. Uh, what's the deal with Lisa? She Lisa. is so, so funny. So yeah. funny. Her singing. Yes. I crack me. up. I, Every yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll do, I'll just do it. I'm so pretty. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll do I feel pretty. Right, it's you prefer, it's right after yeah. that comes right after a really dramatic scene. And I can't remember yeah. if it, it I think it's a scene when Johnny drives away, right? Yeah, and then and we go to her performing that song. Yeah. Yes. The Hawaii song. So, yeah. Do you think so, yeah? Go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say that I was reading about that actress and she mm-hmm. was a stand-up comedian. So I think okay. you know, and she wrote that song. Oh, <laughs> or she co-wrote right. it or something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She, I, I love her. Like, I think she's, again, a really, like, small character who's really doing a lot with what she's given. Mm-hmm. I really like the scene between Baby and Lisa when they're mm-hmm. both sort of heartbroken and they're getting ready for the, to go to the dinner the last, the last night. Mm-hmm. And she says, like, I could do your hair. And yeah. then she says, no, you look prettier your way. It's just, it's like these two sisters, like, apparently had nothing in common yeah. before. Yeah. But they yeah. really sort of bond over this because you got to think like Lisa's got to be pretty disillusioned by Robbie. Right, for sure. Because yeah. she probably thought he was a great catch. Mm-hmm. Right, for sure. And then yeah. to, to find out, actually, no, he's terrible. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, he had the towel on the door. And he did have the towel on the door. I caught that on the second She didn't get that. Well. She didn't get it. She didn't know. She, she didn't know the code. <laughs> she didn't know the code. Poor Lisa. Uh, um, I did love the kitchen. There's two things I noticed in the kitchen. One is uh, sweet gherkins. Yeah. I, you know, I, love, oh, yeah. I love a reference to good pickle. Uh, <laughs> although I, I like more sour pickles than sweet pickles, but still good. Uh, and there's a giant box of matzah in the kitchen. 
So yeah, now I there's an article on the internet you can find called, I think it's something like, is Dirty Dancing the most Jewish movie ever made? Oh, now, and apparent so okay, I'm not Jewish, but I think that basically all of the characters in this are Jewish, except for mm-hmm. Johnny and Penny right. and the dance staff. Um, yeah, and that like makes sense. Eleanor I- Bergstein, the screenwriter, she's Jewish. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so, so I didn't think about Jewish, that at right? all. I guess <laughs> yeah. Max Kellerman is a yeah. sounds like a pretty Jewish name. Yeah. Hausman, I guess I could see. Um, You'll have to. I'll have to ask some more of my Jewish friends. Um, I mean, Jennifer yeah. Gray is Jewish in yeah, real yeah. life. And uh, the timing doesn't really work out for matzah. I mean, I guess if they just had matzah, but <laughs> Passover's yeah, I mean, in April. Oh, that's yeah. true. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, maybe they well, just like it. Yeah. Is that yeah. possible? Well, I mean, that's that's also why. Yeah, it's good, um, right? So uh, it's it's an acquired taste. It's well, sort of acquired. I will say there's a, there's a dish that you can make that my mom used to make called matzah and eggs. And back when I ate eggs, I'd eat it. And it's like scrambled eggs with matzah in it, and it's wow. real good. And so maybe they were making. And uh, Dr. Houseman is eating a bagel with locks at one point. Well, and they so the screenwriter said in one of her interviews that something about that you never see meat and milk on the same plate in the right. movie at all, which oh, I wow. have to say I never picked up on. But no, I didn't trip sure. on that either. No. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, right. Now I got to watch it again. Yeah. <laughs> pick up yeah. on all the and, um, in this movie. So this movie really reminded me a lot of season two of The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which takes place. I mentioned this last week on the podcast. Um, which takes place at a resort in the Catskills, not mm. unlike the resort here. And in fact, they probably modeled the resort on the show. Yeah, after this resort. Um, and yeah, it's it's set up a lot the same way. Um, a lot of the same types of characters and the same place, time and place as well. In the it's set in the early '60s, you know, at a resort in the Catskills, and all of the characters, most of the characters on that show are also Jewish. Yeah, and have you know have so that's shows. a very Jewish show. Yeah, so I mean, it's definitely there are parallels, and yeah. it's, it's on purpose. Maybe someday I will get to. I watched the first season of Mrs. Maisel. Never watched the second season, but I'm trying to watch the wire right now then i think i'm going to try to watch mad men after i finish the wire okay. then maybe after that then maybe i'll watch mrs Maisel. Yeah, definitely recommend uh definitely recommend Maisel. Yeah. and there's a connection there because uh kelly bishop who plays baby's mom was on gilmore girls which is mm-hmm. by the creator of mrs Maisel. oh yeah. i didn't realize that um okay i guess we can talk about one issue i had with this movie Mm-hmm. And uh, I just can't stand they call her baby. It makes the dialogue so <laughs> confusing yeah. yes. and it's just not necessary. And it's like, I get that some people would call her baby, but like that everybody refers to her as baby all the time. It's just weird to me. Yeah, so, until yeah, the end weird. when she gets to be her own person, which is Francis Houseman. Right. And she probably never goes by baby again. I mean, I guess if my name was Francis, no yeah. offense to any Francis's that are listening. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> But we're going to hear from so many Francis's this week. So this this is another tie-in to real life that Eleanor Bergstein was actually called Baby mm-hmm. when she was a teenager. And okay. she's named after Eleanor Roosevelt. Oh. Um, and she has a sister named Francis who was named for the first woman in the cabinet. So mm-hmm. that's all a real life um, tie-in. Got it. Yeah, they did mention that. All right. Um, well, I think we could probably start going to feedback unless there's any big things that you, we didn't cover on your list, Megan that might not be covered in feedback? Uh, boy, let's see. Um, well, I, w- I did want to mention the soundtrack. Oh, yes, we didn't even talk about it. The soundtrack well, is amazing. Yeah, well, yeah. and I, it, you know, it's it's the number three best-selling soundtrack of all time, 32 million copies mm. worldwide. 
Uh, I checked, I looked at Spotify today. I was curious about the streaming. Mm-hmm. Um, time I've had the time of my life has 250 million streams. Um, Most of and, them probably at weddings. Yeah. <laughs> Hungry <laughs> Eyes was 229 million. Those were the top two songs. Um, but then, yeah, so the number one, so yeah, it, it was number one on the Billboard chart for mm-hmm. 18 weeks in 1987 and 1988. Oh, wow. Which is pretty, um, it, so it goes to number one, like for November to Jan- yeah. November 87 to January 88 and then goes down and then comes back. Yeah. Um, yes. And then so, and, and Zach, I saw your thing on Letterboxd about getting it on cassette. Now, I definitely <laughs> had it on cassette, mm-hmm. but you know, there's two. So there was Dirty Dancing and then there was more Dirty Dancing. Oh, and man. then for the 20th anniversary, they released Ultimate Dirty Dancing, which has all the songs from the movie in the order that they play in the movie. So that's incredible. The Nice. I'll have to look that up because I have a, so when I host trivia, I have like a playlist that I pull music from and I just always add to it. It's just my like trivia playlist. And uh, I should definitely add, um, I should definitely Absolutely. add some of these dirty dancing songs. Absolutely. Um, I had no idea it was going to have such a good soundtrack. I knew I've had time in my life, but I didn't know the rest of it. Is this, uh, did they ever make a musical version of this? Yeah, they did. Um, I'm not, I don't think it's, I didn't, I don't know that much about it. I know, I think I want to say it started in Australia. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it was pretty successful. I think it didn't get great reviews, but um, it seems like this movie lends itself so well to be. I mean, you, you can probably find a pretty good intermission point. Like, oh, it yeah. seems like this could really like you wouldn't have to do much work to turn this into a musical. No, and, sure. I th- and I think Eleanor Bergstein was involved with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I've never seen it. I don't know very much about it, unfortunately. Yeah. Right, get on that when Broadway opens back up. Let's put yeah. Dirty Dancing oh, on. Get well, Dirty Dancing back. I was thinking today because I watched this again today. Um, wouldn't it be nice if movie theaters ever reopen if Dirty Dancing came back to theaters? Because I'd like to there see it in, mm-hmm. in a theater with a bunch of people who, who like know every line. Like a midnight screening <laughs> type thing. Like, that would be yeah, so good. That would be great. Yeah. yeah. So, all right, well, let's get into feedback. And I'm glad you brought up the soundtrack because that, that was like my number one yeah. thing. The first watch, I was like, oh, the soundtrack is so good. And then the second watch, mm-hmm. I had a lot of other stuff to pick up. Yeah, on. I would put it up there with Top Gun and uh, probably the Goonies is like three of the best soundtracks of the 80s for sure. Well, and I was, yeah. after I watched this, I was like, man, there's a movie that we recently, ta- that I recently watched that had a great soundtrack <laughs> and it took me a second to realize what it was. And we're not talking about connections yet, but the commitments had an equally mm, great soundtrack with absolutely. very similar yeah. music. Yeah. So, sure. uh, you know, just as a preview to our commitments. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all right. Well, I will say all of us seem like we like this movie and we'll find out when we give our scores. Absolutely. Um, Cannot say that is the <gasps> consensus of the listeners. Oh, no. <laughs> well, maybe we've made them come around to our discussion. I hope so, yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so uh, Jeff, who is actually on vacation visiting his daughter in Florida, um, and she didn't, I'm friends with her. She didn't text me and say, thank you for having my dad watch Dirty Dancing, but he said that his <laughs> daughter and wife were more excited to watch it than him. Fantastic. Uh, Jeff, <laughs> though, is the one whose who's score counts, and he said, horrible movie. Oh, I've seen cool. it a few times, and it never gets any better. No, there are plenty of people who love this movie, but the only bright spot for me is seeing Wayne Knight, aka yeah. Newman. I give it a one <laughs> star. We didn't even talk um, about the mini role for Wayne Knight here. Yeah, um, this was one of his first movies. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say this is before Seinfeld. Yeah, yeah, well before Seinfeld. Yeah. What actually? So I watched all the the, the uh, deleted scenes mm-hmm. on the team, and there was everything in it. I was like, oh, I'm glad they cut this. Except there was a a reel of him doing more bad stand up. Awesome. It was quite funny. <laughs> nice. I, I actually that. laughed out loud. Was his joke the Blue Cross joke? 
Uh, yeah. Oh, no. He was the one about, I, I met a woman who's exactly like my mother. I brought her home. My father doesn't like her. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's a good Jewish joke. Uh, <laughs> the, the Blue Cross joke, you know, insurance jokes just killing in the 60s and still killing oh, yeah. in 2020. One. One, of the, one of the jokes in the deleted scene was a very Jewish joke. Um, it was, <laughs> I don't know, I, it was about a store that had like clocks in the window. Mm-hmm. And a guy goes in and is like, uh, can I buy this clock? And they're like, no, we don't sell clocks. And it's like, well, what about a watch? And it's like, no, we don't sell watches. Um, and then it turns out, he says, uh, they do circumcisions. <laughs> and then the, and the guy's like, well, why do you have clocks in the window? And the store owner says, well, what, what would you put in the window? <laughs> Which I thought was pretty good. Uh, I don't yeah. think I did it justice there. Yeah, but, well, uh, I was going to say, that joke takes a little while to get to the yeah, punchline. That's probably why they cut it. No, it's not you. You didn't it, so. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right, so one star from Jeff. Brennan, what did Jim have to say? Yeah, so Jim said, uh, Dirty Dancing is too much melodrama with too little sense, romance, what? or humor. <laughs> Jennifer Grey is as bad as she ever has been in a starring role, and I've seen Portrait of a Killer. And Patrick Swayze is never worse, and I've seen him in Roadhouse, 1.5. Oh, no. Damn it, Jim. See, oh, we, we have the wrong listener base for this movie, I think. Apparently. Which is unfortunate for them. Did Jessica um, Lee write in because she was saying it's in her top 10 movies? I wish she had. She did not. Um, yeah, we did have when we tweeted that we were doing this movie. We had both Brennan and I had a lot of people excited. that were like, this is my favorite movie. Hell yeah. Uh, Alex Chester messaged me and said that really? his, it's his wife. Well, he said he's only seen it a couple of times, but he said it's his wife's favorite movie. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I said, oh, we could have had a, yeah. we could have had a whole panel of like Megan. We could have had Jessica Lee. We could have had Dr. Jen. I and mean, we could have had a great panel of people who love this movie in addition yeah. to us. Mm-hmm. Well, now maybe they'll listen to this and write in next time. Yeah. So that uh, their so, uh, reviews bump this up. All That's right. So Kyle, uh, who did, uh, he did mention to me earlier, has said, you guys might not like my review, but because he saw <laughs> I went oh, no. with this movie. <laughs> Kyle said, I do not like this movie. I think the acting is bad. I think the story is bad. I think the main characters are unlikable, unsexy, and have no chemistry. All right. I will oh, disagree what? on that. I, the dancing is here, insanely sexy. That is a movie. bizarre review. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> We love uh, you, Kyle, but get out. Yeah. Uh, he says, I hate how the name Baby infantilizes the lead actress. And yeah. even after the Francis breakthrough, they go back to calling her Baby. I hate how her and her sister right, yeah. use the term daddy, which I didn't even like when, the to- when toddlers use it. It is inappropriate for somebody of her age. Her oh whole goodness. relationship with her father was gross, gross, gross. I kind oh, of God. think it was clever to start with the song. I did kind of think it was clever to start with the song Be My Baby. Right. Do, Kyle, actually, doesn't it start with Big Girls Don't Cry? Well, no, Be My Baby be my plays baby. over the opening credits. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right, you're right. Okay. Uh, so Kyle gives it 1.5, so the same as <gasps> oh, Jim. My. And oh, he dear. said that's 100% for the soundtrack. So 1.5 for the soundtrack. Ouch. We had a one star for Wayne Knight. Um, and uh, <laughs> he did say... Uh, I, there's a little note here that Kyle says he says I just wanted to highlight that the final song I've had the time of my life which actually was not the final song Kyle there were songs after Close that uh, is popular at UK funerals another yeah. top song at UK funerals always look on the bright side of life from mm-hmm. the life of Brian oh that's nice yeah that's a good connection yeah so Kyle with a very dark question for all of us and Megan you get oh. to go first on this one oh, uh, do you have a song that you want played at your funeral yes I want where the streets have no name by you two oh right uh, a lot I would prefer yeah, could they, if you could, uh, I mean, you guys probably won't be planning my funeral, but if <laughs> anyone is listening who's going to plan my funeral, if you can get you two to play at my funeral, that would be ideal. But assuming that doesn't happen, 
I want the live version of that song from their Boston Elevation show in 2001. One thing we didn't say about Megan is that she is the, in addition to being the world's foremost dirty dancing uh, expert, she's also the foremost U2 expert. That's true. And did you know I can connect this movie to you too because The Joshua Tree came out in 1987 and was at the Billboard uh, number one album spot for nine weeks that year. And also after this podcast, you guys need to go watch the video for Pride by U2 because- Mm -hmm. Right, the name um, was, yeah. Yeah, Bono jumps off the stage and it totally reminds me of Dirty Dancing. <laughs> but that song came Amazing. out in 1984. So I like to think that Dirty Dancing was actually influenced by you two. I love it. Uh, I would go with Somewhere Out There from American oh, Tale. That's nice. Well, that was this, was that the same, that the same year? Um, it may have been the same year, yeah. Because Wait, I feel like I was, because yeah. I was reading about the Grammys from 1987 yeah. or 1988, I guess. And I kind of think somewhere out there, one song of the year over, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. It's a great song. Um, yeah. yeah. I'm going to say, I don't know. I can't think of anything good. So I'm just going to go very literal here. And I'm going to say End of the Road by uh, <laughs> Boys to Men. <laughs> nice. That's a good one. Yeah. So I think I've heard that um, Another One Bites the Dust by Queen sometimes one, gets played one. at funerals. Very in dark, yes. <laughs> if we're going to go with a joke answer, just play the Imperial March and I'll be happy. <laughs> Or the, what about the song that they play at the funerals at the end of Return of the Jedi? Oh, yeah, good point. Uh, what is that song? Yeah. Uh, Endor. Yub Nub. Yeah, Yub Nub. Oh, God. Ichachi, uh, yeah. All right, uh, Brendan, what did Olin have to say? All right, well, let's end things on a high note, guys. What oh, do you good. say? Did, I did quite enjoy this film. Patrick Swayze's dancing and charisma sizzled off the screen, particularly when paired with Cynthia Johnson. Um, I agree with that. We didn't talk much about um, Penny outside of her um, abortion side plot. I really like that actress. Um, yeah, she's very she good. Did, yeah, I thought she was really good. I thought that all of the dancing in this movie was fantastic, especially the opening um, staff party stuff with her and Johnny was all really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's um, a great, she was married a, to Richard Marks for a long time. Really? Oh, yeah. Wild. Okay. They just They got divorced like five years ago or something, but. Yeah, wow. Cynthia uh, Rhodes, I think, is her name. Okay, all right, yeah. Owen, Owen continues, Jennifer Grey was good, and I think was another smart call to have an older actress portray a 17-year-old, or else the dynamic of her seduction by Swayze may have been a bit more problematic. Uh, I'm going to take issue with that, because I think she seduces him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think or it was both. Yeah, I think it's a uh, she, she takes the lead. But I will really? say, I she looked way old. Her and Lisa both looked way like they didn't yeah. look teenagers at right. all. In this no, movie. no. They but, but, like you, but they paired well as children of Jerry Orbach, who also looked older mm-hmm. than you know somebody that was the dad of a teenager. In the that's fair. So, yeah, that's yeah, I mean, I think Jerry, I think Jerry Orbach is really good, uh, a really good dad, mm-hmm. uh, dad age for the two of them. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, Jennifer Grey, good actress, um, portraying a 17-year-old, sorry, uh, still displays enough naivete and vulnerability to feel like she may be a teenager, but not fully. A uh, particular thing I enjoyed was the American class politics the film was portraying, the Ivy League hosts waiters being assumed to be something to push your daughters towards, rather than the hardworking, talented, blue-collar guys, and Jerry Arbach in particular, just assuming their quality without any insight into the content of their character. Four out of five. Yay! That's a great review. Yep. And yeah, I think we hit on it um, without delving too deep, but yeah, I I thought the class stuff really stood out. 
for me on this one, especially with the class disparity between the waiters and the dance staff and the, you know, people that were were um, presented to the guests to be the educated, more attractive. Um, this is a guy you could you could wind up with in like the, um, you know, in the um, Neil or Robbie types, and then the here's a guy that will hang out with you just for a night in the Johnny's mm -hmm. archetype. But I thought that was I thought that was all portrayed really well. Um, so that's going to give us a listener average of a two out of five, guys. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, Megan, I think we can assume what you're going to give it. So do you want to go first or last on your reading? I, I can go first. I would like to give it a ten to raise up the average. <laughs> uh, can I do that or? Yeah. You're like, I'm also going to write in with a five and then I'm going to give five also. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely giving a five, of course. Yeah. I tell you what, go get another guest and bring them on and we can have a second. Yeah, guest we could have had week. our whole panel. Yeah. Everybody yeah, gives yeah, it a yeah. high score. <laughs> Just let's find out if Jessica Lise is online. And, <laughs> and then message her real quick. Uh, I was thinking, um, you know, Olin gave this a four and we know yep. Olin is ops of Av usually. So yeah. do you think Av would hate da uh, Dirty Dancing? He's never logged Av in. Av 100% is going to hate this movie, but yeah. is going to, would give it like a three because his daughters loved it. Like, oh, I think his daughters are way too young to watch this movie. Yeah, something uh, like that. Like you know, yeah. Maybe I'll maybe know we'll send this podcast it. to Ab and we'll tell him he should watch Dirty Dancing so he can listen and then we can get his rating. And next week we can, <laughs> if it's good, we'll, we can bump the rating up. And if it's bad, we'll just not. Uh, we'll ignore we'll it. Not comment. So, <laughs> well, uh, all right, I'm gonna go next. Um, yeah, you go next. Uh, yeah, I cannot believe how much I like this movie. Um, it's not a five, but um, I think it's a four. And yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this. I think. You know, there's a ton of stuff we already talked about and some of the stuff the listeners brought up that um, I don't feel like we, I gave enough credit for. Uh, mm -hmm. One is like how amazing the soundtrack is. Like seriously, yeah. Uh, this one, flat. this one, the commitment, uh, Crooklyn as well. Um, and uh, Gardens of the Galaxy, both of them, all with just fantastic soundtracks that yes. all have like similar, that kind of like soulful Motown 60s music. Yeah. Um, so I love that. And then the dancing as well. I'm not like a huge fan of watching dancing usually, but the mm -hmm. choreography was so good. And the I disagree with, was it Kyle that said the dancing wasn't sexy? Um, you know, maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a reason for that, but I thought that dancing was uh, very, had lots of chemistry and was very sexy. So um, it's still yeah. the sixties. So they have to try to, they at least have to try to be true to the era I mean, even in the dirty if i went to a club right so, now and saw people dancing like like the the way that they're yeah. dancing in the staff party i was like oh man like yeah wow yeah ahead like, of their time time yeah. travelers yeah um uh, so before i give my review i want to actually pull a review from uh keith phipps off of letterboxd because this is one of the best reviews that i've ever seen on letterboxd for a movie um, so Keith Phipps uh, from the Next Picture Show and Not Frequent Contributor. Last Picture Show. <laughs> next, next Picture Show. And uh, Frequent Contributor to Film Squatting says, three and a half stars, the strange story of a nice Jewish girl in the 1960s who meets a working class time traveler from the 1980s whose amazing hair and MTV influenced dance moves Bewitch the Catskills Resort, where she's vacationing with her father, a famous New York City homicide detective, <laughs> and mother who will later become an easily offended Connecticut socialite with a fondness for martinis. By the end, everyone is so enamored of him that they don't even notice when he puts on a 45 and the synth-laden synth sounds of the late 80s 
adult contemporary pop come piping out of the speakers. <laughs> that is perfect. Yeah. I love good. it. That is good writing. Good. That is a good review. And I'm actually right there with Keith Phipps. I think this is a really fun movie. I think the soundtrack is perfect. I think the performances are really great. The dancing is really great. I'm actually a little higher than him after our conversation. And I'm going to go closer to Zach and I'm going to give this a four as well. Um, I think this is better than some of the three and a half that we've given lately. And it's just so much fun. Like I had a a blast watching this. It's a blast. It's it's, it's a blast. Even if the plot feels like it's way too much sometimes and it's way too heavy and stretched out. um, I do think it's a little too stretched out. But at the same time, it's all forgiven by the dance stuff and the emotions. So I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, and I think the performances are all really good. So Actually, that, you just reminded me of another movie that I am going to put as a also ran for connection. It's not nice. one that I want to. Uh... So Zach, that is going to give us a 3.75 overall. Oh, nice. Host beat the listeners on this one. <laughs> Hosts beat the listeners. So, I will say, whenever I watch this movie, I always watch the last scene at least twice. Right. Because I love it so much. So, so Zach, are we bumping that up to a four for oh, uh, yeah. this is a letterbox? Yeah, you always, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, you always bump, you know, 375, yep. 3.74, you know, you, yep. you can blame Kyle for his 1.5. You can blame yeah. Jim <laughs> for his 1.5. They would have gone one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. All right. <laughs> well, you know what, listeners? You did this to yourselves. And you busted. <laughs> to yeah. use an 80s phrase. Uh, I will say also, you talked about Keith Phipps, who hosts a movie yeah. podcast. Uh, I am shocked that we are the first movie podcast of all the movie podcasts I listen to that has covered this movie. Like, I right. cannot believe The Rewatchables hasn't done this. Yeah, it's sure. Or, um, you know, or like ne- uh, Next Picture Show hasn't done it, or Film Spotting hasn't done like a, a overview of uh, overview of it. Like, yeah, it's really shocking. I, yeah, I was yeah, surprised. Yeah. I, I was searching all my podcasts because I was like, oh, I wonder if anybody else has covered Dirty Dancing. That that Rewatchables hasn't done this is shocking to me. This is such a movie that Rewatchables would do. This would, if you yeah. look at Wikipedia, it says I think it was voted the number one movie that women like to watch over and over mm-hmm, uh, right. in, in Britain by Sky News or something. Mm-hmm. Um, do you I think it's a chick flick? I. I mean, it probably is just because uh, it seems to be difficult for men to watch movies that have female leads for some reason. Not these two men. Not you guys. Good job. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I mean, if if we're going to use that term, um, there's a list on Letterboxd called something like uh, women have superior tastes and that's why all these masterpieces are designated as chick flicks. Yeah, I think I saw that one. I was like, it's, it's certainly <laughs> a better, I would much rather have Dirty Dancing be the definitive chick flick than a movie we watched earlier this year that I know neither of us liked nearly as much, which was My Best Friend's Wedding. Yeah, I mean, where oh, wow. the main, where the main, main female lead is just so unlikable. You're like, why, what, why am I supposed to like her? Yeah. Whereas this is the opposite, you know, where you're like, you're rooting for baby. Well, why, all right. Well, why don't you kick off connections with that, Brendan? Because uh, we are going <laughs> super long already. Um, all right, let's go. Connections wise. So uh, what do we have? Megan, you can go first because you're the one who came up with this whole way, way back is a remake of Dirty Dancing. So did you, <laughs> yeah. did you discover any other connections when you were watching this time? 
Um, to this year's movie map or? Uh, just to the way, way back. We'll start with that. Oh, just we'll to the way, way back. Yeah. Um, no, I think I was right though. I do think it's pretty similar. Yeah. <laughs> the plot, I mean, there was nothing else, that, but the more I thought about the way, way back after I watched it, the more I was like, oh my God, this is just dirty dancing. Mm -hmm. um, without the dancing. Yeah, I definitely can see that. Uh, it did have the dancing actually, because we did have the break dancing scene. Oh yeah, in way, true. way back. That's true. Um, the, the staff of the water park is um, a good analogy to the staff of yeah. the, uh, you know, of the club. Yeah. And, yeah. Two other things that I noticed as well. We open, on a, we open in a car. Yeah. In both movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With the character sure. in the back seat. Not yep. the way, way back, just the regular back. The back. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and the other one that I picked up on was uh, rainy day. There's a scene where it's a rainy day. Mm. Right. But that's true, yeah. where she wants to play games, right? right. Yeah. And Another instead of going to the movies, she goes and has sex. So yep. uh, I think she probably had more fun. Yep. So, um, all right. What about connections to other movies from this year? Um, we had the Life of Brian one that Kyle brought up. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And Brennan, you just mentioned My Best Friend's Wedding. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the female lead trying to, you know, win over the guy that she wants um, by the end of it and making a big romantic gesture and yeah, I mean it's um yeah my best my best friend's wedding has a lot of um vibe similarities not so much the actual I mean both movies end with slow dancing as well also true yeah, yeah. Um, true. I will say you know I said it's like a sports movie I think you could probably find some connections between the montages and the damned united and yeah. the montages in this um and then the soundtrack similar to the commitment soundtrack like the music like sure. there's probably songs that are in both movies I would guess yeah um, yeah um. All right, so the movies we've covered so far this year, Young Frankenstein, Life of Brian, Spartacus, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, The Philadelphia Story, My Best Friend's Wedding, Always Be My Maybe, Speed, Sorcerer, Fitzcarraldo, The Commitments, Damned United, The Way Back, and The Way, Way Back. Yep. Anything else stand out from any of those movies? Not really. I looked, at, really. I looked at last year, though, and I saw a few things that I yeah. thought tied in. All right, so let's go to the movie map. So what movie do you think it ties, Megan, you can go first. What movie do you think this ties the closest to from last year? Because um, I have one that stands out for me. Me too. Well, I, I mean, Point Break obviously has Patrick Swayze. Mm -hmm. And I think The Full Monty and Magic Mike XXL both have kind of mm -hmm. dirty dancing. Okay. Um, I think Magic then, Mike especially, yeah. And uh, you did Newsies. And that yes. was actually directed by Kenny Ortega, who was the choreographer for Dirty Dancing. Mm. Nice. And then I can tell you, like, it, for my personal movie map, um, Beetlejuice and Clue are two other movies that I watched over and over when I was a kid. So, okay, And I think Shampoo as well, actually, um, with the sort of gigolo uh, thing yeah yeah time period yeah um, um i also think you could do a title connection to it i tweeted this dirty dirty rotten scoundrels i said dirty rotten yeah. dancing that's what i tweeted <laughs> yesterday um but i have um, one that really stands out brennan and i'm curious if it's the same one as you see because we both said that we had a good one what was yours for me it was witness oh we've different and it's yeah uh -huh. and i'll tell you why it's one it's the soundtrack mm -hmm. he's listening to a song from the 50s in the barn with kelly mcgillis trying to get her to dance and what's forbidden dancing mm. with the Amish people also it's about a fish out of water dating yeah, is a fish true. out of water amongst Johnny and his staff um you know John Book is a fish out of water amongst the Amish um and eventually they learn to respect each other and uh I think his name is Jacob the uh Kelly McGillis's dad ends up I think it is Jacob I think it's Jacob ends up like not only forgiving, but helping John Book at the end because he realizes that just because he's from the big city doesn't mean that he's a bad guy, um, you know, et cetera, et cetera. There's a, the, the whole class difference between the Amish and the people from the city in Witness, I thought, mapped 
pretty clearly on to the class war of this movie. Cool. Uh, so we had very different, uh, we actually okay. had very different movies. I was afraid that we were going to have the same. Uh, wasn't Witness the same year? Witness was 85 too. So both came out Two around the same earlier, time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the movie we did after Witness, Top Gun, I was thinking tied yeah. to this. And actually I was like, was Patrick Swayze in Top Gun? I no, that was Val Kilmer. Um, right. But the one that I actually thought of is Bad Times at the El Royale. Because of the music, we have that that Motown music in Bad Times of the El Royale, and both movies take place at a resort. Um, oh, yeah. And, um, you know, I'm not sure if there was any gigolo type aspect in it, but okay, we do have the, the guy who works the desk at the right. El Royale, who, um, you know, is kind of treated like the way the staff is in this movie. We also have the infamous Chris Hemsworth gif, you know, of him dancing half-naked in True. the yeah. lobby, yeah. and you get well, that... Hmm? Yeah, and Chris Hemsworth was on Dancing with the Stars in Australia, right? Dirty Dancing with the Stars, was he? I didn't know that. He was. I did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's a good movie map. Lots, yeah, lots, lots of connections to uh, other movies that we did. Um, and actually, I will say, I so before, I think when I was five minutes into this movie, I came up with, I had already had three connections for next yeah. week. So many um, and I have more <laughs> now. So yeah, this connection section might take a little while. Uh, so just to recap, we are at a 3.75, which we're bumping up to a four for our mm-hmm. score uh, on this one. Thanks in no part to the listeners, but uh, <laughs> we appreciate getting the contrarian opinion from we those will not people. Be like, I do think this movie is kind of lightning roddy. Like I, I people yeah. are pretty polarized on this. You're not going to get very many people who give it a three. You're either high lightning or roddy. Yeah. All right. So our listeners start with Jeff. He says, secondhand lions, again, for a coming-of-age film. And the second one I believe one is... that's also about a summer vacation. So, oh, yeah. yeah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he suggested that last week, too. He really wants yeah. us to watch that movie. Yeah. Uh, Step Brothers is the other one that he had. Both end with a grand party, and there's a pirate. Uh, yeah, we didn't talk about Patrick Swayze's pirate shirt, either, at the beginning of the movie in the staff party. Yeah. But that was, that, was quite <laughs> the, uh, that was quite the pirate shirt. I, I don't like want to be a pirate. I don't want to be a pirate. Uh, I do the outfits actually in this another thing like I don't usually yeah. appreciate outfits but like I love how Patrick Swayze was in black a lot and or Johnny was in black a lot baby was in white a lot like we get a lot of like that contrasting like they're never wearing the same color they're always contrasting yeah um so all right Penny Olin, was always in red in some, nice some shade of red yeah true uh all right so Olin said uh his suggestion is Grease 20 somethings mm. portraying teenagers yes. in the song and dance musical set 20 years earlier than the I don't know movie. I don't see it yeah. <laughs> um yeah Greece definitely makes sense uh yeah. it's, on another, it's on another one on Megan's Mount Rushmore as well yep. um the next one is Cabaret 1972 mm-hmm. Jennifer Gray's father Joel portrays one of the dancing MCs deals with interclass relationships that are on the turning point in history of the respective countries uh, Nazis yep. taking power in Germany Vietnam War JFK assassination U.S. a couple of other common themes explored that may be spoilers um, yeah yeah, that was on sure. my list for sure. It's also um, a, a sort of peripheral connection, but Jerry Orbach uh, originated the role of um, Billy Flynn in Chicago on Broadway, yep. and of course uh, Bob Fosse right. directed Shandance. Cabaret. Um, so yeah, yeah, that was definitely. Did Bob Fosse do all that jazz as well? Yes. Yes. Which is a great movie. It's one that I've I've wanted to watch, and I know Brendan and Schneider, I were yeah. that recently. Um, Might be on my list here in five minutes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'll find out. Uh, the next one from all, and this is a movie that actually came up in our uh, in our group chat that we had. We were talking about Wayne Knight and how great he is, mm-hmm. and uh, it is not Jurassic Park, but it is Space oh. Jam. So we okay. can watch Space Jam leading up to the uh, new Space Jam coming out later this summer. So 
Oh, and hey, and uh, Owen points out that his character is named Stan in Space Jam. So oh, it's, it's okay. That's interesting. Is it? Okay. Apparently. Uh, all right. Uh, Jim's, Jim Crumley says, for his connection, another movie set in the 60s where Patrick Swayze plays the older character, trying and failing to set a good example for the youth. It was Francis Ford Coppola's 1983 gang film, The Outsiders. Youths. Oh. You just recently watched The Outsiders, right? <laughs> I did. Yeah. I, I will veto this movie if we oh. pick it. And I really did not like The Outsiders. But we got to do it for Johnny. Yeah, we got to do uh, it for Johnny. That was the that would have been the perfect uh, tie-in name for the episode, too. Do it for Johnny. Um, Having characters named Johnny and Lisa, do we think uh, Tommy Wiseau was inspired by Dirty Dancing yeah. with his character oh, names? 100%. 100%, yes. Yes. I think he saw sorry, Dirty Sorry Dancing to step on somebody's connection if, uh, if somebody's going to save the room. <laughs> Uh, all right, Kyle says Billy Elliot, mm-hmm. uh, not to be confused with Billy Eilish. Connection, learning how to dance as BAFTA award winner for best film is the obvious follow-up. Also a Broadway musical, much like Dirty Dancing. Uh, well, one. future Broadway musical for Dirty Dancing. Remember, we're going to start the campaign. For oh, that. right. Uh, next one is Drop Dead Gorgeous. Connection, iconic oh. dance scene. For my money, this mm-hmm. movie's dance to Can't Take My Eyes Off You between Denise Richards and her very special dance partner were far <laughs> superior to the Dirty Dancing dance <gasps> scenes. Well, that's uh, not true, but Drop Dead Gorgeous is a great movie. <laughs> but uh, also, that's another uh, Frankie Valli in the Four Seasons song. Yeah. So there you go. It is uh, nearly the perfect date to watch one of my top comedies. <laughs> so. Uh, I've don't, I think I've seen parts of Drop Dead Gorgeous. I don't think I've ever said. I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Um, and then Kyle's third one, Cider House Rules. The connection is medical yeah. condition and yeah. treatment. Mm-hmm. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it's the same as Dirty Dancing, you could also go with. Uh, well, I don't know if it's a spoiler. There's another movie that's very depressing that came out in like the mid 2000s. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's in it that has that connection. Mm-hmm. Yep. So. Which um michael shannon's also in it yeah early michael oh shannon. yeah oh god yeah. yeah yes that is dark <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I can't remember if that was a plot spoiler or not which is why i'm not uh, saying it's, i think it might be well yeah i, I don't know anyway whatever yeah. all right <laughs> yes. uh, so uh we asked mac and he's never seen dirty dancing although uh the mother of his kid sarah has seen dirty dancing and always i think they've done the lift scene a bunch so i just assumed he had seen it he hasn't seen it um sarah said she that she loves it didn't give a rating mm-hmm. though to add uh but mac said uh he will suggest the karate kid because he wants me to see the karate kid because i've never like i've seen again seen parts of it never sat down and watched the whole thing and mac said you figure out why because um, so, there's a bad boy named johnny yeah we the have to figure montages it. yeah i mean he said he said there's got to be a connection he doesn't know why but he said oh you fi- okay. it's like a choose your own adventure because there's, yeah. there's a bad boy named johnny yeah. who kicks somebody's ass it's like a choose your own adventure connection so oh speaking of we never <laughs> we didn't do it again the uh Wait title connection between way way back and uh carrying and watermelon dancing. yeah i think it's carrying right, a watermelon that, i carry the watermelon or, or was yeah. it, i carried a watermelon yep because yeah, I, I think you could definitely tap um see tony collette's character being a grown-up uh grown-up mm-hmm. baby for sure yes i carried a watermelon at summer vacation maybe does that work sure i carried a watermelon on summer vacation yes all right that's good there we go. I even put this in our outline so I didn't forget to do the title connection uh-huh. this week and I skipped right Just over. We were so excited to talk about Dirty Dancing. Yeah. I know. I know. Well, I, I think know. we uh, I think we need to let Megan give her connections first so that we don't step on any of them. Yeah, it's, that's fine. Okay. Do you want me to go now? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Okay, so there's Red Dawn, the original, right. that because Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Gray are in it. Mm. 
which apparently is where they developed their dislike for each other. Um, so was that before uh, or after this movie? It was before. It was before, right? Okay. Yeah, it was yeah. 85. I guess that would make sense why that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, and then I think you can make some good soundtrack connections to some Scorsese movies. Mm-hmm. Um, in the Still of the Night is a major song mm-hmm. in The Irishman, and that's mm-hmm. also about a father-daughter relationship that is very strained. Mm-hmm. And then also Be My Baby plays at the beginning of Bean Streets and has a character named Johnny Boy. On mm-hmm. my list. Yeah. And yes. then I'm going to, okay, this is a big one, guys. Um, Titanic. Yes, that was the one I was alluding to earlier. <laughs> that was all about class and people yep. being in other cabins. Uh, and I saw was... your, I saw also, your, face, I saw your face twitch when I said it. That was like, oh, I'm gonna start our list. <laughs> it also Billy Zane was yep. apparently originally cast as Johnny in oh, Dirty Dancing. Mm. Yeah, wow. which makes no sense. But also, I was thinking about it even more. And like Jack gets framed for theft at one point, just like Johnny. So yeah, I think yeah, that's a good one. Exactly. Yep. And, so uh, it's actually funny because earlier in the podcast, I said, oh, I just wrote down one that I'm going to add to my list. And it yeah. was Titanic. Oh, yeah. It also go. opens with an opening narration of someone remembering their first love. From years ago. Is, is, yeah. is Titanic, Titanic a secret is a- remake of Dirty Dancing? 100%. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, my other one is Strictly Ballroom. Yeah, which is also about uh, an experienced male dancer. Yeah, uh, experienced male dancer who takes on an inexperienced partner yep. um, and wants to do his own kind of dancing. So, but I couldn't see that that was. It doesn't seem to be streaming anywhere in Canada. I don't know if in the U.S. Maybe it's different. Yeah, that was on my also rands. Well, it would be um, fitting if everybody had to get so a take this off this week. It's true. Well, we'll and I know off. I did check my library has it. So, mm-hmm. do you guys have people? You, I'm assuming your library is closed, right? People can't go in there. Uh, right now. Yes, my library is closed. Can you do pickup though? Like, yes, we can pick up holds. So yeah, that's what yeah. I do. I just put uh, everything on hold. Yeah, that's what I. It's, I mean, I miss like, but I walk by and I can see in the windows. Like, and our library is really nice, and I'm just like, oh, I can't wait till I can just like go sit in there, like go work from there. Right. Uh, someday, I'm looking forward to because this walk. It's like a 10 minute, 10 15 minute walk from my place, and yeah. it's like, it's, a, it's nice to walk to the oh, library boy. and back. Like, I get a good walk in, and it'll be nice when I can just like throw my laptop in my bag and go work from there. Um, nice. All right, uh, Brendan, do you want to go next or should I go next? Um, let me go next. I have a few, um, obviously I have a lot of honorable mentions that have already come up and been mentioned that I've just crossed off my list. Uh, the first movie that I wrote down just because of the opening song by Frankie Valli and the Four Seasons was, uh, Jersey Boys. Mm. And then, of course, that made me think of the Ben Affleck movie Jersey Girl, because the lead Ben Affleck's daughter in that movie is constantly talking about wanting to rent Dirty Dancing. Oh. So, um, and Liv Tyler reminds her during a pivotal scene in the movie that her dad said she could watch Dirty Dancing. And yeah, there you go. Um, So that's what it reminded me of. Um, Mm -hmm. So Jersey Boys and Jersey Girl. Um, I also had West Side Story because the Mambo is such a presence in this. It's also about an unconventional love that springs up between two couples that shouldn't, uh, that aren't supposed to interact with each other. Um, so there you go, between Tony and Maria. Um, and then, of course, as I said, um, All That Jazz is a Roy Scheider movie who we've covered on this podcast this year about the late, great uh, dance choreographer Bob Fosse. So All That Jazz coming up for the second week in a row. Um, and yeah, Zach, you can't make me laugh this time. I'm not. I'm just, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, 
a couple of also rants I had uh, that didn't make my list, um, that didn't come up yet. Call Me By Your Name. Uh, oh, it's, movie. Yeah, it's, uh, you know... A, a oh, yeah, we probably shouldn't do an Army Hammer movie anymore. Though. Yeah, I know. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I thought about Slumdog Millionaire also because... I thought about that, that too. The way that movie uses class and there's a classic ending dance, yeah, the dance. montage. Yeah. Uh, so I will plug my brother's yeah. film podcast. If you're looking for yeah. more movie coverage, they just did Slumdog Millionaire. That's on why I crossed it off the list. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So good for them. Um, what's that? What's that podcast called? Uh, digesting Cinema. There you like, go. Like like Digesting Dark, but about cinema. Um, there's a couple others that I bet are probably on your list. Yeah, let me do mine so you don't mention. step on them. So yeah. you go ahead. Um, All right. Yeah. Well, I did have Mean Street. So Mean Street was nice. the one I wrote down in the very first scene. Actually, uh, coincidentally, I was listening to an old film spotting this week, and they were doing top. It was like their Skyfall or their Spectre one. It was one of the Bond ones. Oh, and their top five that week was top five opening scenes. Got it. And they talked about the opening scene to Mean Streets, and then it plays mm-hmm. Be My Baby. Uh, yeah. And so when this came out, when I started watching Dirty Dance, I was like, I know I just heard about this being in another movie. So I put Mean Streets on there. Nice. Pretty sure Mean Streets is on Brendan's uh, watch list as well. It I is know. on my watch list. I've never seen it. Uh, also, I had Titanic on my list. Yeah. Um, so I will go with uh, another movie that's on Brendan's watch list that has a, uh, it's a movie about magical performances. Mm-hmm. So we did have, we did have Baby getting cut in half. Uh, that nice. is The Prestige which I recently learned Brennan has never seen before, and it makes me very mad. Or maybe I've seen parts of, but I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Or yeah. you've seen The Illusionist. Yeah, we're not sure. Yeah, or I've seen The Edward <laughs> Norton Illusionist. I'm not sure. Yeah. Illusions. Um, the rest of these are blind spots for me. So uh, uh, Roadhouse, Patrick mm-hmm. Swayze movie. I've never seen Roadhouse. Now people nice. love it. Uh, I've never seen that. Yeah. And... Um, uh, the Dirty Dozen is another one I've never seen. Yeah. Um, and I know that the uh, upcoming Suicide Squad movie is supposed to reference Dirty Dozen quite a bit, sort of like how the Joker how Joker referenced uh, King of New York and Taxi Driver. So it might right. be good to see Dirty Dozen before that comes out. Yeah. Um, and then Dirty Harry, I will also throw on there just okay. for title connections for Dirty. Um, and one that I have seen actually that is on my list, which I think actually is a pretty good connection. That's Baby Driver. Uh, both yeah, movies about a character named Baby, yep. and uh, really both are kind of a collection of music videos. So, yep. um, I also had Footloose on my also rams. Ah, uh, yes, Footloose, um, Flashdance, and Dirty Dancing. Uh, yeah, kind of like way back or way way back, and um, yeah. the other movies, <laughs> Adventureland and, and uh, Spectacular you know, Now. Yeah, oh, where they're they're, all they all of... form into one movie in my brain. So. Yeah, yeah, definitely had Footloose and Flashdance on my short list of honorable mentions that I thought thing might be on your list so i didn't want to um steal your thunder there yeah so yeah and baby driver was also on my short list yeah um, so all right brendan why don't you read what we've got all and, right uh, let's... then we'll each pick great all right so we have secondhand lions step brothers grease cabaret space jam the outsiders bill elliott drop dead gorgeous cider house rules the karate kid uh red dawn the irishman mean streets titanic Strictly Ballroom, Jersey Boys, Jersey Girl, West Side Story, All That Jazz, The Prestige, Roadhouse, The Dirty Dozen, Dirty Harry, and The Baby Driver. Just Baby Driver. There's no the. The Baby Driver. No, just Baby Driver. Baby Drivers? Yeah. No. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> all right. Look at all these babies. They're yeah. driving. Uh, <laughs> yeah, should we have Babies Day Out? Should we have thrown that on there? <laughs> yes. What about Joe Dirt? Oh, man. There you go. <laughs> Um. All right. Well. Uh. Oh, I get to go first this time. Yeah. You um. Go first. I will say, Megan, you picked a lot of very long movies. 
The Irishman and Titanic. Oh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> I didn't think about the Irishman. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I am going to go with the movie that you took from my list. So I'm going to put Mean Streets advancing mm. to the finals. Mm. Yeah. So, Brendan, how about you? That is a great pick. Um, whew, there's so many good picks. Uh, I am going to throw in Billy Elliot. I've never seen it. Mm. Um, it's also, I think, is a really strong connection for us if we chose it, um, given that it's directly about a child learning to dance and having an older mentor. Um, I think it's a really strong connection, so I'm going to go with Bill Elliott. It was on my list, and I had to scratch it off. So. Also, it's in Broadway musical, so there you go. But <laughs> Yes. Uh, Dirty Daisy is not yet a Broadway musical. Soon. No, it is. It, no, it, it is. was. Yeah, it was. Oh, I, thought we said it, I thought we said it wasn't, and that was what we were oh, saying no. it should be. No, we said we should remake it. When it really I think uh, it was like 2004 or something. Oh, I don't, okay, that sure. makes sense. Yeah. yeah, I thought you said it was like in Australia or something. It was. Yeah, it was in Australia. But it's not Broadway. Oh, okay, Broadway. Right? Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yes. Well, yeah. I have no idea. Then. Professional <laughs> theater. There was a yeah. Fine. I think it was on in London the last time I was in London, and so that and okay. that was 2019. I feel like mm. I saw posters for it. Maybe. Anyway. Um, so do I get to pick one now? Yeah, yep. you pick one. Go it just it. can't hey, be your own. Uh, it can be any other okay. from your own list. Uh, I'm going to pick Roadhouse because I've never seen it. And, the uh, Cider Roadhouse rules. So oh. I think there is a, uh, I think there's a case to be made that the ro Roadhouse is the male version of what um, Dirty Dancing is for females of the 80s. Because I don't think Roadhouse is that great of a movie, but it's a movie that Dudes who grew up around the same time revere, and it's also Patrick Spacey. Yeah, Andy Finn loves Roadhouse. Uh, I, so Roadhouse is 1989, so it's yeah. two years after this. Yeah, I'm not a big Roadhouse guy. Um, mm -mm. Directed but, by Rowdy Harrington. What a name, Rowdy Harrington. What a name, what a name indeed. All right, so our final three, we have Mean Streets. Billy Elliot. We have Billy and Elliot, and we have Roadhouse. I'm um, doing a quick search on where we can find these things. Roadhouse Absolutely. not streaming anywhere. Oh, it's on Netflix Canada. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You can give us the Canadian. Guess we're all going to Canada. I'll send you us an synopsis. We'll all VPN yeah, over to Canada. <laughs> um, all right. And Billy Elliot is in America on HBO Max. Fantastic. Um, so you can keep that HBO Max subscription going. And uh, ooh, Mean Streets. If you got a library card, you can get it on Hoopla. Fantastic. Uh, yeah mm. although not everybody has access to hoopla i guess but we do right. i gotta say that the library here does not have a lot of movies on hoopla mm. bummer yeah it is a bummer so um all right well three very different movies i guess road right. i guess roadhouse and mean streets are kind of similar um right. I so where where do you guys think we should go from here i mean two of these i've never seen and two of them i think you've never seen right zach so yes and mean streets basically i haven't seen i mean i saw it so long ago um right mean streets is the first scorsese movie is that correct megan no uh it's the third right. third feature After box but the first real Scar one birthday. right because um boxcar birthday yeah which sort yeah. of doesn't it's like a really a roger coleman movie i think but right I mean, it's a schlocky movie. Um, and then uh, Who's That Knocking at My Door was like, was it a student? It, I mean, it's a full-length movie, which it's very good, actually, right. I think. Um, but but yeah, it's sort of the first major Scorsese movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that would open up a lot of possibilities for us, and I think it would be really cool to do, um, especially as I've never seen it. I think it's a summer movie, too. I mean, I think it takes place in New York City in the summer. Um, you know. Yeah. Robert De Niro, Harvey Keitel. Starring fantastic cast. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards Mean Streets, but I also could make the case for Lily Elliott because it might be um, more fun, but I don't know anything about it. I think it's a lighter movie. I know that Hugh Grant is in it. Oh, really? Is it? No, I don't, no think, he's I don't not. think so. No. Is he it's, not? What movie am I thinking of then? I don't know. Uh, I don't know, but the, so the, the guy who plays the dad in Billy Elliot, I don't know his name, but he's oh, also, okay. he's in Gangs of New York. He's, um, is that the... Jamie Draven? I don't No, it is not know. Jamie Draven. But I don't he... know what I'm thinking of with Hugh Grant and dancing them. Um... Uh, I don't know. But anyway, yeah, the dad in Billy Elliot, he plays like one of the Irish thugs in Bill the Butcher's gang. Oh, in Gangs of New York. Yeah. Hmm. But I, I mean, I would vote for Mean Streets. I'm always, you know, Scorsese, uh, pro, pro Scorsese. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do Mean Streets because it was on my list. Yeah. It was on your list. And it was Brendan's on my list. Seen it. Yeah. Oh, I was thinking of About a Boy. Oh, oh yeah. Of. That's a good one. Yeah. That's Tony Cook. That's what I was thinking of. Okay. Yeah. All right. That well, does mean, not. Mean, yeah. It sounds like we're picking Mean Streets, which is streaming on oh, Hoopla if you got a library card, or you can get Let the Blu ray from the library, or you can rent it. Um, it also looks like it's on this channel called Realies, but I have no idea what that is. Interesting. Um, and the connection is uh, the uh, "Be My Baby" song at the beginning, and uh, where the and you said there's a character named Johnny as well. As he's Johnny Boy, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Close enough. Mm-hmm. So. And I think it's sort of similar. Like the Harvey Keitel character has a girlfriend who's not a different social class, but she's like more educated than he is, from what mm-hmm. I remember. And um, interesting. Yeah, he talks about like getting out of the neighborhood and stuff. Yeah, and it'll be what our second Scorsese movie, right? We did uh, After Hours last year. Did we do any other Scorsese? Trying Shutter to... Island, I think, right? Oh yeah, Shutter Island as well. Yep. Third, so yep. the Three Timers Club for Martin Scorsese. All right, welcome probably to the joining hat Catherine trick. O'Hara on the Three Timers Club yeah. and um, Keanu Reeves is probably in the Three Timers Club yep. at least now. Yeah. Um, and we need one more Swayze. Harrison Ford, Ford, I'm pretty sure, is in Harrison the Three Timers Club. Brad Pitt, maybe, as well. Um, yep. Tom Cruise. So. We haven't gotten a third Ruffalo yet. We'll get there eventually. Yeah, we'll get there. So, uh, all right. Well, next week we're doing Mean Streets streaming on Hoopla, if you can Exciting. find it there. Um, it'll be fun to revisit that. So, uh, brisk 112 minutes for Scorsese. It's very short. Nice. I like it. That is short, Graham. So, that, yeah. that's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, Megan, what are you going to watch this week? What's on your list? Uh, well, okay. So I don't have a movie ladder per se, but I have my Scorsese uh, and related rewatch that I've been doing since awesome. um, like 2020. And <laughs> so basically what I'm doing is I decided to rewatch all of Scorsese's movies in chronological order. And then I decided to also put in all of Leonardo DiCaprio's movies and all of Quentin Tarantino's movies. Mm. Oh, so is that watching... like you watched The Aviator recently? Yes, exactly. Yeah, that movie is so fun. I love The Aviator. I love yes. The Aviator. Yes. So I, I, and so I'm watching those chronologically, but then I'm adding in other movies that I feel are related okay. as I go. So this week, um, I, like you said, I watched The Aviator uh, last week, and then I decided that Iron Man was... <laughs> I, I'm mm-hmm. sorry, Marty, but uh, Tony Stark is based on Howard Hughes. So, yep. so I watched 100%. Iron Man and... Yeah, so I'm kind of thinking I might actually watch Iron Man 2 and Iron Man 3 in for my Scorsese and related rewatch. And then my next Scorsese movie, which I'm very excited about, is The Departed because that is one of my favorites. And I'm always. It's been a long time since I've seen The Departed. Yeah, I love The Departed. So. The Departed. Right. Well, maybe you'll have a reason to watch it in two weeks. Maybe we will. The freaking yeah. Departed. Yeah. Uh, all right, Brendan, how about you? Uh, so I am up to the 80s in the Criterion Challenge and. 
I'm finally going to use that as an opportunity to knock off a movie from the 80s that I know your brother loves that's been on my list forever, and that's Brazil from Terry Gilliam. And then also for my personal ladder, as I said, I'm going to be taking on the Before trilogy. Um, We'll see if I knock out all three of those in the weekend. Probably not. Or if after watching Before Sunset, I decide to go in a completely different direction. Um, Um, We'll see. You know, yeah, I don't know if it's better to watch them all together or space. I don't know. I yeah. space the latter is a uh, yeah. the latter is a journey, so we'll see. You'll have two Robert De Niro movies because he's in Brazil. Yeah, it's true. True. Um, all right. Well, and for me, I'm still in the '70s for my Criterion Challenge, so I'm either gonna watch Barry Lyndon or Nashville. Barry Lyndon is in at the library now. Nashville is gonna be a little while, so it's probably gonna be Barry Lyndon. But I think Nashville might be on Canopy. Not here. Yeah. No. Or you, oh. you can watch all that jizz. It's true. I can watch all that jizz as well. <laughs> um, I liked Nashville. I'm not a huge Altman fan, yeah. but I actually did like Nashville. I haven't watched any Robert Nashville Altman movies movie. actually. Um, I've tried to watch Godford Godford Park a bunch, and I've oh. that's one of those that I got the red envelope and it sat on top of my DVD player for like a year, mm-hmm. and I pay so I paid like eighty bucks for it and never watched it. Oh my it. god. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. Um. Yeah. So like back in the days when you. When we got discs mailed to us, oh, now we have great. to walk to buy our, to get our discs. Uh, so yeah, so Barry Lyndon on my list, um, and on my personal letter, I don't. Remember. I just watched. I've watched Blood Simple last, so probably something Cohen related. I think is where I'm going there. Nice. Um, also, but I've been trying to watch season four of The Wire, so that's uh, gonna we'll definitely watch some of that tonight. My t- I'm trying to get caught up on Big Brother Canada. That's my other thing. Um, I'm like yeah. I'm two weeks behind. It's on freaking three times. If you get a, a week, week behind in Big Brother, you're screwed. You're just I know. Well, yeah, just, for sure. But it, it's actually a good season though. I'm enjoying getting caught up. Oh really? Up. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, all right, Megan, where can uh tell people where they can follow all of your great opinions? Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean that. I don't mean that sarcastic. <laughs> no, I don't. Sarcastic. <laughs> no, because no, I had the best opinion today because I said dirty dancing is perfect. So yes. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on Letterboxd and it's just Megan M E A G H A N, and on Twitter I am at Cosmic Library. We're at Cosmic. It's a line from a song by Richard Ashcroft, uh, who was nice. the lead singer of The Verve, one of my favorite bands. And I just liked it. <laughs> and uh, is this your dog? The picture on your letterbox profile? Is that your dog uh, that you said by Okay. Uh, he didn't, did he? Nope. Um, nope. It, I assume it must. I don't remember what my profile. Oh, yes, so, that's him. Yes. Little white and black. Flag. What's your <laughs> yes. dog's name? Fauna? Uh, th- no. <laughs> His name is Philip. Philip. Okay. Nice. Uh, all right. And Brendan, where can people follow you? You can follow me on Twitter or letterboxd at FitzyBrendan. Um, that's about it. Nothing else going on for you? Not, not, not yet. All right. Stay tuned. Uh, stay tuned. Ooh, secrets. Um, Ooh. and for me, uh, I'm at Brooks ZA and Mac and I wrapped up all the James Bond movies and we did a mega three and a half hour long Daniel Craig podcast, just about Spectre and Skyfall. Also, I haven't dived into it yet. Yeah, I, I know you have it because there's, you're going to have lots of comments if you haven't. Skyfall. Uh, we had a ton of fun. We stayed up till two o'clock in the morning talking about. That's why I wasn't on the podcast for this one. Yeah, it was very fun. Uh, talked about what we think for No Time to Die. Recap just kind of the whole Bond saga, which uh, I, I recommend. If anybody has not seen all the James Bond movies, start from the beginning. You've got a lot of months until No Time to Die comes out. You can watch them all. You've got podcasts along the way. Um, I did change the name of that feed finally to uh, for your ears only. So I think that's a more fitting name for that podcast feed. It's just kind of my my random podcast that I put uh, different projects on 
The next project, we are flipping roles. Mac has never seen any of the Fast and the Furious movies, so we're doing Furious ears only. Um, and oh, wow. Yeah, so <laughs> we will be doing, uh, later this month, we'll be doing the first three Fast and Furious movies. So I'm super excited for that. Those movies, those movies take a lot less brain power than the James Bond movies, but uh, equally fun, I think. So, all right. Well, that's going to do it for us. Uh, Megan, thank you again for coming on, bringing all your expertise about Dirty Dancing and passion. Yeah, yeah it was yes. great to have I, you. I love talking about Dirty Dancing. So, yeah. Well, if we do it again, then uh, we know who to talk to. Uh, <laughs> listeners, if you have any problems, she's at Cosmic Library. Cosmic Library or Cosmic Library? It's Cosmic Twitter. Library, but uh, you know what? I don't want to hear your bad Dirty Dancing opinions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or you can go to Ottawa and you can tell. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh. All right. Well, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for Mean Streets. And uh, we hope you had the time of your life. <laughs> <laughs>